those lines on the globe look like missile trajectories targeted on major cities. Take them away. James, catch! Hello and welcome to this Xbox Life episode number 212, The Niche Podcast. And for those of you that are Americans, that's The Niche Podcast. My name is Rob, also known as Presar on Xbox Live, and with me I've got my bestest buddy, Mark. Yo, what up, dog? What up, what up? Episode number 212, Live in Effect. Boy. D-O-double-G <laughs> in the his house? <laughs> Home skillet. <laughs> That's okay. our sad attempt to be all gangsta. <laughs> yeah, or something. <laughs> it's gangsta or something. <laughs> you need a pork bun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. You're not a man if you don't have a pork bun. <laughs> I'm not really sure where that's from, and I'm not going to ask. <laughs> It'll come and up I, later. <laughs> I think we should probably just get going. Those who've played play. the game know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what you been playing, buddy? What have I been playing? Um, I've been eating lots of pork buns. Um, I've been playing Sleeping Dogs. Um, I played a lot of Sleeping Dogs this week. I ate a lot of pork buns. Because you're just not a man if you don't eat a pork bun. Um, it's a, um, just so you know, Rob, it's... You like in, pork buns and you cannot lie? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. In the game, you get, you know, you rebuild your health by going to all these food vendors that are on the street. There's a dude that sells pork buns. And every time you'd go by, you'd hear the guy, like, holler out at you. Try a pork bun, and then you're not a man if you don't eat a pork bun. You know? And it's just so that's the one I heard the most. Like all the street vendors selling their stuff would holler at you, but the pork bun guy just cracked me up. So, nice. but um, uh, Sleeping Dogs, really, okay. really, really fun game. Really, okay. I really liked it. Um, I I did. I spent a lot of time playing this week. I found I had a hard time putting it down. Um, I did finally mail it off, and I really didn't want to. It's like, ah, I kind of want to keep playing, but I beat the game. So the only thing left to do was some uh, races, and uh, really didn't enjoy the racing that much. And um, so I really didn't go and do all those. But uh, I had a really fun time playing that game. Um, it was – I liked the – I think what I liked the most was – that like you could when you're doing your fighting, you could grab a dude like and there was environmental hazards like like a furnace. And you could pick a guy up and throw him into the furnace, dude. It was so gross. <laughs> it was violent and nasty and stuff, but it was fun and sick and twisted at the same time. Um, I liked it. <laughs> so I'm always looking. There's like dude. There's like a table saw. Like you go into this one like workshop area and there's a table saw running. And you get into the fight and you can slam a dude's face down into the table saw it's just like as and as i'm doing it i'm just like oh yeah to the table saw and then i do it and i'm like oh that's so disgusting that's gross what yeah. am i doing let's do it again next uh. <laughs> so it's it has that feel like you do with um the walking dead 
where it just like disgusts you and everything, but you want more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was, I think it was kind of like that, but, um, excellent game. I really, really had a good time with it. Okay. Um, I played some Borderlands 2. Um, I got called in to help some people beat uh, Terramorphus because I am Slayer of Terramorphus. Uh, I can beat him in about 15 seconds, so. Oh, wow. He's not so bad. Until, until they nerf the shield and the weapon that I have, then that will probably change it all. But for the time being, he's not, Terramorphus is not tough. Um, played XCOM, Unknown Enemy. Okay, I'm very curious to see what you thought of this one. It's absolutely an excellent game. I love it. They, I think they no have done a to fantastic. That? No but to that statement? No but to it. No but to oh, it. Excellent, excellent. I like it a lot. Dude, I, I can't get over how many times as, as I'm seeing things that I am thinking back to the days I played the original game. And what's really wonderful about this is that it's not like the nostalgia got ruined by going back and playing the original game. You know, it did not ruin it at all. And I absolutely, it's made me want to get a copy of the original on my PC and play it. I'm serious, it really has. Um, I really like, I mean, it's not a perfect game. There are some... You know, it's not the prettiest looking game. Uh, I mean, it's weird because it's brand new and I put it in and I'm kind of looking at it and like, wow, you know, like the cutscenes are just really kind of blah. They don't really look that great. Um, but it, it's not, that's not why you got the game. I mean, I got the game for the, 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 the strategy and the gaming part. Um, so, you know, it doesn't hold up graphically. I'm not, I'm not really sure why it doesn't look that great, but. You know, doesn't matter. Um, the game, the gameplay, I think there's more options in your building. Uh, when you're building stuff, you're building your base. Because, and I don't remember, and I could be wrong, I really don't remember the original game, how many levels of things there were to build. It's been so long. But I, I kind of think that there's like, a, there might be additional things in this game that weren't in the original, which is good. It's all, it's just enhancing the play. There's more options for you. Um, the gameplay, the game is really, really, really hard. Um, I there's you can play on easy, medium. Uh, there's classic, and then there's like Iron Man mode or Iron mode or I think it's Iron Man. Well, okay. I don't remember what it's called, but I'll have to look that up. So I'm like, well, I don't, the classic is pretty hard. Um, and so I'm like, well, let me play it on the medium mode. You know, I've played the game before. I can play it mm -hmm. on medium. And there's, there's an achievement for keeping, getting one of your soldiers all the way through the game from start to finish, keeping them alive. So I actually went in and altered the main character that I started with, uh, customized him, and actually you can name him. So I named him after my name, first and last name. Uh, you can give him a, uh, uh, a a call sign or code name. So he was called Wingman, and yeah. I was, you know, and dude, I was working hard to keep Wingman alive. And I got to about <laughs> my eighth mission, and Wingman went out in a box. Oh, he bought it. The whole team bought it. Um, dude, I was losing people like on every mission, no matter what I did, 
I just could not keep my people alive. They were just getting slaughtered. Um, so my thing is going to be to the, if you're playing on the harder levels, don't go your two steps. Like you can move two moves. So, and then there's some things like if you shoot first, then that, that takes your two moves. So what I try to do is I try to move the guys one move and, and there's a range of, how many tiles you can move in one in one turn? Okay. So I, what I try to do is take just the one turn and stay within that the within the close boundary. So you're taking because if you you can go like further away, but then it counts as a, as your second move, okay, or your second turn. Um, and and then they, you're done. You're just you're just hanging out there. So what I try to do is get into cover within my one turn's radius. And then I have one turn left, and what I like to do is put him into Overwatch, which means that if an enemy appears and, and moves, and they come across my visual path of that character, my character can actually shoot at them. Okay? Um, and there's a lot of different abilities that your, your different characters can do. You get Assault, you got a Support, you have a Sniper. Um, assault, Support, Sniper, maybe that's just it. Maybe it's just those three. Oh, and a heavy. Yeah, there's a heavy. I knew there was four. Um, and so you got these different characters, and and they kind of come as you get them. It's not like you can select what what they are. It's like when you get a new recruit, they just no, oh, this one's a sniper. That's what it is. So you got to work with it. But I like Overwatch is like your best friend. But still, it's not enough because, man, you got, I got, I've had freaking snipers miss from two feet away. You know, I've had, a, I had a, I had a guy with a, uh, a light machine gun open up on this freaking monster, right? His alien right in front of him and it missed. I was like, come on. Cause it's all like ratios and, you know, percentages. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he has a percentage to hit and it shows you on the screen. Uh, but even with a high percentage, you could still miss. <laughs> Uh, which really sucks when they're standing right in front of the alien, but uh, oh, with sure, a light yeah. machine gun, that really is <laughs> annoying. But um, it's it's uh, so I was playing on medium, and I finally I said, you know what? And I was talking to Mudtastic, who was playing on classic. He got so tired of losing his entire team that he said he was resetting, starting all over. Now I don't know if he changed his level, but when I lost Wingman, <laughs> I mean it crushed me, dude. Um, and it, it's weird because you know how every game always says that the, the deaths are going to matter and you're not going to want to lose your guys. That is for the first time that really seems to, to matter in this game. Because there's like guys and I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't shoot that one. Don't shoot that one. Please miss. No, <laughs> Please don't. Get in there. Oh. You're ranking them up and you've got, yeah, them, yeah. Like, you know, like a sniper, like a sniper. If they take a shot first, then they can't move. Or if you move, even if you go one turn, you can't shoot with the sniper rifle on your second turn. So you can't go into Overwatch. So you have to flip over to their pistol to put them into Overwatch. So there's – until you later on unlock – until you get them ranked up, and then you can pick a perk that says that they're not limited by that anymore. Okay? So okay. then they can fire and move, or they can go into move and then go into Overwatch with a sniper rifle. So – so you've got to, you know, balance all that type of stuff out. And then you'll get that guy up there with some pretty cool perks. And all of a sudden he's just getting slammed. 
And you're just like, no. I mean, I don't know how many times I was like, no, 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 no. I'm yelling at my TV. No, not that guy. No. <laughs> and I, I purposely ran other soldiers out there and stood them up in the middle. Because, <laughs> like, the one I'm trying to save that's my yeah. highest rank that's getting nailed, he's almost dead, right? And, and, like, if my medic dies, then I can't take the med kits off that medic and use them. Right. You know, so it's like, and I don't want everybody to have a med pack. I want some to have grenades, some to have med packs, some to have the, um, there's a gun that it, it like you can use to capture aliens. I forgot what it's called. Um, but it's, it's like a stun gun type of thing. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, you're trying to balance all that. And I remember putting a dude out, like standing out in the middle, like pick me, shoot at me, shoot at me, hoping that they would <laughs> stop shooting at my guy. Um, uh, you know, cause like he was a rookie. So I didn't care. He was just a fill in for, you know, the last guy I lost. So I'm like, I didn't care about him. I had invested nothing. Let him die. Don't take my my captain. Don't kill my captain. I've been working on him. And yeah, so uh, when Wingman died, I said, "All right, I'm gonna start a new game." And I went to easy, <laughs> <laughs> and um, because I figured I'm gonna run through on easy, and I gotta, I want to learn all the nuances and and how everything's working and what exactly, yeah. I need for which aliens and try to kind of get a. a a feel for it, and then definitely go back and try it on the harder levels. Um, the game is great, man. It's it is hard, 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 hard. Um, right. It's also hard if you are like me, who's used to playing very fast-paced games. It's, it's a Twitch slow. Games. It's a yeah. It's not a Twitch game at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's slow. If you've played Halo Wars, it's slower than Halo Wars. Really? Okay. Halo Wars is real-time strategy. Yeah, it's, yeah. This is turn-based. So you move, and you can move all your dudes and end your turn and maybe not see the aliens. You know, then you got to move again. And it's tough at start because you're like, you don't know where they're at, you know. And um, so you got to try to figure out where am I going to go, where am I going to stack up, where can I get cover, because you don't want to leave them laying out. Um, and then even if they get in cover... You know, for the forward, they've got they got aliens that can jetpack like behind you, and they can you know, oh man, so it's rough, and you can lose your entire team. So I'm playing on easy. I have only lost a couple soldiers, um, like one or two. Um, right. So it's it's a, it's a lot easier. I can manage it. I can play through it. I'm most of my missions. I bring everybody home successfully. Um, but I had a tough one. The last one I played the other night, dude. Man, I was beginning to wonder if I was going to lose everybody again. It was just, I was taking a beating. And um, so, you know, there, you got to research armor would be my recommendation. Get the armor researched first before weapons. Um, get up to at least get rid of the assault rifles and get to your laser rifles and laser snipers. Uh, the lasers do some pretty wicked damage. And then there's more stuff beyond that. I'm just not there Um there's a lot of stuff in front of me, man. And this is going to be a game that you you probably won't just sit down and beat in a week. Because, I, dude, I'll play like one or two, and I'm just like, because you go do a mission, and then you come back, and then you got all your resource management. But you only get so much money for a month. Okay. So you got to manage the money you got coming in and what projects and stuff you want to build you know, for the month. And then the only way to get money outside of that is – if you do get a mission 
like a special one where they say, hey, we got this, go save the scientists, we'll give you 200 bucks or something. Then you can get some money to help you. Um, some missions will come up and say, you know, if you do, you know, like you have to pick too, which makes it hard. You got the whole world to cover. And every time you get an alert, it's like, oh, there's abductions in the U.S., there's abductions in France, there's an abduction in Russia, which you only do one. And the ones you don't do, then their panic level goes up. And if it gets too high, those countries will drop out of supporting the XCOM project. So you lose funding. <laughs> so, and you, you know, and it's tough, man. It's I've got several countries already, even on easy, ready to drop out. Because you just can't cover the world. Right. Oh, yeah. So um, this is being one of those games that... It's, you're not going to burn through it in a week. I mean, you probably could. I don't know how long the game is. I have no idea how long it is. But this is definitely not something I'm going to burn through quickly. This is going to be one of those games that I'm going to play some every week for probably a long time. Um, so it sounds like it's you, know, you definitely get your money's worth with this one. Well, yeah. And I mean, I got my money's with Borderlands, too, even though I beat the game in a week. But it's just because I spent, I mean, they're, oh my gosh, dude, I spent a lot of well, I think that took me two weeks. It wasn't a week. I think it was two weeks. But well, you did you did one run through in a week, right? And then that, that's right. I actually did a second run. I did two runs. Yeah, that's right. right. And then all, all the times I played with other people in their games. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I was constantly just every waking moment. I wasn't getting any sleep. Um, dude, last night I went to bed at nine o'clock on a Saturday night. <laughs> And I slept. Okay. And I woke up this morning so, I feeling so good. Dude, I was so tired. I think it all just woke up to me. I, I've been going strong and long for the last month or so. But, um, yeah, XCOM, I'm not I'm not putting in, you know, 14 hours a day into that one. <laughs> I'm, uh, Slow and steady, man. That wins a race. And, a dude, I get stressed out. I get stressed out. It's like it's so tense. This game, man, it's like you're freaking out. I mean, it's so weird. It's just like I'm sitting here and I'm like, no, no, they're – and I'm like, you see the aliens and they start their moving. And I'm yeah. like, don't shoot at him. Don't shoot. Please back up, back up, please. And then you're like, no. You see him raise his gun and you're like, no. And it, it does. And, and I was talking to Mud and he's like – he's the same way. I'm, we're in a party and I'm hearing him say the same things. And I'm like, dude, I'm stressed. And he's like, no kidding. He's like – in fact, he got off one night. He's like, dude, I got to stop. I gotta go play something else, man. I need to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, really good. Everybody I've talked to on live, you know, my friends list that haven't are playing it. They really, really enjoy it. Um, I really recommend people get this game. It's it's very different from anything else because it is turn based, but it is a lot of fun. I love it. Um, so I, I I I think that's about it. There is multiplayer. But I haven't touched it. Um, I'm not even sure what it is, actually. I know we talked about it a while back, and I just forgot. But um, there is some kind of multiplayer component. And I think, actually, what it is is you get a pool of money. So you can kind of – and you compete against the other person. So it's not a co-op. But you, uh, I think you get money, and then you can pick, like, the different units. So you can actually have a mix of alien and, and human units that you play against each other. So it's not like, you know, and you could say, well, I'll be the humans, you be the aliens if you wanted, or you can mix up your team to have both. Um, so I've got to try that out, but I'm going to try it. I had to play some of that here soon. 
Um, I yeah, also- one thing, one thing, real quick before we get off of Exodus is there was a review that I was reading about it, and they they wrote something kind of interesting about it. You know, especially for the people that have played XCOM prior, they wrote XCOM Enemy Unknown isn't just one of the smartest and most faithful updates of a classic game we've ever encountered. It's also one of the finest translations to console of a game with such a strong PC roots, uh, with such strong PC roots that we've ever had the pleasure to play. And I mean, it sounds like they're right on with that. Um, if I had to knock it, and there are things you could knock it for. Um, I've seen clipping. I've seen aliens half in a, uh, in a rock, half out of a rock. Um, but it's only like during the cutscenes. It doesn't. It didn't affect the play. I've I've seen the weird things is I've been able to shoot through walls. Like I'm standing behind a, a wall of a building, and I can my sniper is able to shoot someone outside by not ducking around the corner. I haven't figured that one out. Um. Um. But the biggest issue I have is the movement. Um, I really do wish I would have bought this on the PC. Um, I've, I struggle sometimes. It's not that hard, but it's like rotating the map. You, you gotta, you hit your D-pad left or right and you can spin 90 degrees. Okay. Left or right. And it's like, for some reason, I always seem to go the wrong direction with it. it, it and I don't know if it, it, I've tried to figure it out and I'm looking at, okay, if I hit to the right, which way is the map gonna go? It's like, it doesn't seem to go the way that I, it never seems to go the way I want it to. So I, I gotta, I need to go into the options to see if there's, um, a way to control that and, and like flip it so that it goes the way that I think in my brain it should go when I hit it. Um, also, there's times where, you know, you can go up levels, you can climb up on buildings and stuff, um, but it's just not, it just takes a little extra work to make it all happen. Yep. Um, so it's not as, it takes time. It's not bad. It's just, I think, I my thoughts are this, would be better on the PC for sure, you know? Um, but I'm absolutely loving the fact that they did make it for a console. Um, if it was a PC only title, I would have bought it on PC without a doubt. Um, but, uh, I, cause I do think the point and click just, it, it's just easier than having to kind of move your cursor and having the thing kind of bounce around and draw a line and pick the box where you want to go. And sometimes it's like, doesn't go right where you want it to go. Um, but it's just, I said, that is like nitpicky. It's not that bad. I'm just, if there's something I gotta say bad about it, that's what it would be. Okay. And that would just be nitpicking. Um, it doesn't, it's nothing that impacts your gameplay. Um, only once or a couple times I might have clicked and they weren't in cover and it, so they started moving. I was like, ah, oh, crap. You know, so now they're standing out in the open and I could use another move, another turn to get them in cover. You know, but I'm like, no, I'll just put them in Overwatch. You know, <laughs> it's it's kind of a, uh, do I want them in Overwatch or do I, you know, because if I move them again into cover, then they can't do the Overwatch because I've expended the second move. Um, you know, that that's and I wanted to get them to cover initially, so sometimes it's missed. Um, 
you know, because as you're hitting the button, all of a sudden you, your cursor moves or something. But again, that's it's just nitpicky type of stuff. Um, I think it's really is a very good translation. This was a work of love and respect for the original game. Uh, the developers have done an outstanding job. Um, I love it. It's. I was a little worried about it because I knew I loved the original game, but I was like, man, what if it's like nostalgia and it sucks? Yeah. And it's easy to disappoint when you're dealing with nostalgia. Exactly. This, I think for me, this had such high hopes. And uh, it's lived up to it. It really has. Um, so it's it's a fun one. This is going to be one you're going to play for quite a while. Um, so this is going to, yeah, this will be the game that you keep going back to. You know, ah, I want to do something. There's no new games out this week. Ah, XCOM. Let me put that in. <laughs> Let me kill off some more of my guys. Exactly. So no. But um, I think I'm gonna talk about a little bit more about XCOM. I think later in the show we have so much stuff to talk. I need to get moving because, dude, we've got so much stuff to talk about this week. It's insane. I think this will be. I don't know if we'll make the longest-running show, but it'll be the show with the most topics covered. I'll guarantee that. Um, so next, I played some Dead or Alive 5. Um, it's Dead or Alive, so it's it's a fighting DOA. game. Yep, so nothing special there. It is what you'd expect. Um, and I also played another little game you may have heard of called Walking Dead Episode 4. Never heard of it. Tell me more. Um, I think that episode four was better than episode three. Um, And what I found very, very interesting was that at the end of episode four, you truly, in a huge way, find out how your decisions have played out. Because episode five could have you playing with the full group that you've been walking with, only a couple of the people, or you could be completely alone. So does that mean that every person could have a different experience? Yes. I was floored when I saw what happened, because at the end of the game, end of the episode, they always show you, like, you know, your decisions that you made. You yeah. know, oh, you cited 70% of people picked this, yeah, yeah. 47% did this, yada, yada, yada. Well, then you go past that page, and all of a sudden there was a new one. And it showed stats of how many people were taking the full group with them, were taking just these three people, just these three people, just these two people, just these two people, or who was by themselves. And I'm sitting there looking at that going, wow, I could have had the whole group with me? I'm by myself. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Oh, you are? It's not going to spoil anything to say that. Yeah. I'm by myself, man, going into episode five. Loner. I am by myself. And if you if you have played the game and you haven't played episode four, but you've played all the others, then that should really say something to you, that I am by myself. Because from the start, from the very beginning of the game, your character has not been by himself. Exactly, yeah. There's been at least one person with him. Oh, and I think, uh, Rob, I think it was you or Brun 
may have spoiled the game a long time ago, and you didn't know it. <laughs> what? Yep. Have you finished episode four? No. Oh. Wow, whether to tell you something or not. But <laughs> all I know is in my game, and I don't even know if it's going to be the same in other people's games, you got, you and Brun said something to me several weeks back, like, I think going into episode two. Might have been episode two. Okay. Uh, you all teased me about something, because I hadn't played it when we recorded yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe okay. it was episode three. I think it was episode three, because I think I, I didn't get it to it right okay, away. Okay, three was the train one. Uh, yes. Yeah, actually, we were talking about three. Yes, and you guys made a comment. You were, quote, spoiled it for me. Do you remember what you said? I don't think we spoiled anything for you. Yeah, you didn't intentionally. It's... You didn't think. It didn't come across that you intentionally spoiled it, but you may have. Because <laughs> what did you say to me? I have no idea which. <laughs> Who's the lead character? Lee. Yeah. What did you say about Lee? Do you remember? No. I think it was. I think it was either you or Brun that said it. But one of you said, oh, "I'm not going to spoil it," but Lee's a zombie. <laughs> I think that might have been Brun. He's joking around. You may. Brun may have, may, quote, may have just spoiled the game for me. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay. I'm not quite sure where you're going with this, but then again, I haven't finished four yet. Yeah, well, I don't even know if it'll, if it all pans out the same after what just happened. Because I know, I don't know anybody else that's by themselves. Everybody else we've talked to in our Facebook group is telling me who's going with them, who they've taken into Episode 5. I'm the only one so far that's by themselves. So what do you think? I know you've played some of it. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of it? What, Episode 4? Yeah. I like the story. It's a lot more immersive because in three Episode 3, you know, that was the one with all the train stuff. I felt like I was going through the motions in that. It was kind of, you know, uh, you're just going through everything kind of detached. Right. You know, just, you know, you got to get this, got to go to the front of the train, got to go to the back, blah, blah, blah. It's definitely a lot more story and ambiance and stuff. You know, it, where episode three, I'll, I'll say, kind of went wrong or went different from the previous episodes for seems to be back on track. Exact yes, I would agree with that. <laughs> so I'm about I don't know, I'd say a third, I doubt I'm halfway yet. But uh it, it's pretty good. It it's really good. I really enjoy it. Very immersive. I I was actually kind of thinking about this cuz the first couple like probably episode 1 and 2, that's where I was getting like very like anxiety <laughs> i was getting a lot of anxiety playing the game i was like always like you get that like feeling in the pit of your stomach yeah like the entire game and then in in three that kind of went away and i think i've kind of desensitized myself to it a little bit you know the, the zombies still freak me out a little bit but not not quite as much as they did before but 
you know, the, the, the game's fantastic. You know, I, I, I really enjoy it and I'm looking forward even to the, you know, the, the second one that's coming out. What do you mean the second one? Isn't there another one that's coming out after the five? Oh yeah, I think they're gonna do a season two. Yeah. Yes. So. So they're gonna get uh, what another twenty five bucks of ours? Yeah. They're five bucks each, right? Yep. Twenty five dollars for the game. And you know, I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, you know, that's not bad. Oh no. Because if each episode takes you. I think they're roughly about three hours. Yeah, I'd say it's about right on. So you're looking at 15 hours of gameplay for, for 25, 25 bucks. bucks. That's fantastic. You can't you can't get that. Uh, Homefront was four hours, five hours. Spec Ops: The Line was five hours, and those were sixty dollar games. Mm-hmm. Call of Duty is roughing about eight hours, but that's all multiplayer. So I'm trying to think of, you know, your Homefront. Yeah, it has multiplayer, but you know, it was designed, it was, you know, its whole thing. Well, it, it had both. It, it really was built for both. But, you know, they, they, they made a big deal about the, the single-player campaign. Uh, Spec off the line, devs even admitted the, the multiplayer was tacked on. It was never intended to have it. And it's a $60 game that took five hours to play. So here's a $25 game that you pay for 15 hours. And I'll tell you what, man, there's a lot more water cooler talk over this game than any other game I've ever played. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, the the ambiance and the story, I mean, I think they eclipse just about everything else out there. Did you, um, did you find, uh, this isn't going to spoil anything. Did you find the kid in, in the, in the latest episode yet? I think I might've, I'm, I've just entered the fallout shelter. Oh, well then yeah, you should have found the kid in the okay, attic so, of the house. Yeah, 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 I did. Okay. Dude, yeah, you were talking about ambiance and, and story driven. Uh, that almost annoyed me because it's like, I and mind you, I had to go through that part, I had to do that three times. <laughs> because the uh, first time I started playing the game immediately when it came up, mm-hmm. and I popped in my first achievement, I was on the second section when someone sent me a message saying, hey, FYI, the achievements aren't working. Um, they're right. popping in the game, but they were not showing on your gamer card because Xbox.com does not have the game listed yet. Um, so I actually stopped playing. And then I went back and had to do it again. So I had to play through everything again, uh, the whole first and second part. And then... Um, I got and had so I had to redo that whole scene with the the kid and the dog, um, and which like takes forever. So it was really annoying. The first this, it was okay the first time, second time I was like, oh come on, dude, let's just move faster, faster. I get it. This is just like a, you know, it was one of those tender moments that they dragged out for five minutes, and then so I got further in the game. Of course, the achievements were counting, and then I had to, I stopped the game. I quit out. Okay. Had, you know, I come back to it later. And for some reason, oh. the game had me reset back to day one, episode one. Dude, so I was like freaking out. What? So I, I quickly quit it, went back in, and then it made me start. So I could go back to episode four, but it made me start from the very beginning of episode four again. 
That's weird. So, yeah, I don't know what the deal was there. And maybe maybe something got messed up with my save. Maybe that's why I'm by myself. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't, no, I don't know. Actually, it makes sense to me while you're why you're by yourself. So, um, but I had to play through that a third time. So I got a lot of time in <laughs> with yeah. episode four, more you than know, intended. I'm just going to make a quick comment about that uh, attic scene. Yeah. And I found, I mean, I only played it once. I, I didn't have the pleasure of playing it three times. And I was kind of irked by it. I, it was just so drawn out. And I found myself just like, okay, come on, let's go, let's go. And then following that up with the dirt part. Yeah. I mean, that was so annoying. I'm like, really? Come on. Again? Yep. Again? Yeah. Again? Really? Yep. That's, and I had to do that three times. Oh. So, that was my only complaint of the game, was that okay. part. Was that part. Loved the game, though. I Absolutely. It was excellent. And, uh, man, they, they just turned it up. Like you said, man, they're back into form. Yeah. And, uh. All it reminds me of is the fact that the freaking show is on TV right now, and I'm missing it because I'm recording the show. So That's how much we love our fans. Let's shut up and get moving. Listeners. <laughs> yeah. That's our show for the week. Gotta go. <laughs> See ya. So, thank goodness for DVRs. <laughs> yes, that's right. Otherwise, there'd be no show this week. Actually, I'm surprised that you know when it's on. Actually, that speaks a lot for the show because... Most shows, you know, when you have a DVR and you've had one for years, it just records, and then you're like, "Oh, hey, this recorded last night," because you have no some, you have no idea of when it is when it's on. Yeah, I was but, asked uh, recently what night uh, the Last Resort is on because we've been ta- I've been talking about that, yeah. and I was like, uh, "I don't know." I had yeah. to go to the website and look it up. I have no idea either. But I do know The Walking Dead is on right now. <laughs> yep. First episode one of season three, and um, I, after the show's posted, I will be glued to my TV watching it tonight. So, yeah, it's the only show I really know what night it's on. So, <laughs> yeah. But uh, and as a side, Rob, have you seen Last Resort yet? Yes, yes, I have. Did you? I know you had watched like part of episode one, right? When we talked about it, I think the first time. I think I'm all caught up. Or it's been three episodes so far. I've definitely watched the first two. I don't remember if I finished uh, the third one. I probably did, but uh, fantastic show, love it. Excellent show. Yep, I've been getting. I got a comment. Let's try to keep the message. I, um, it was Dirty Bite who sent me a message yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Oh, yeah, I removed it. And he was just like, awesome show. <laughs> he just absolutely loves it, too. He sent me a message. And, you know, I've gotten uh, comments from a couple people who I think have watched it based on my recommendation. And I have not heard anyone say that they did not like it. So, oh, yeah. so it's definitely my favorite of the new season of the new shows that I started watching. That is my favorite so far. It's excellent. So. Just one comment I've got to make about that show, and that's that there's that bad guy on the island, kind of like a criminal thug guy. Yeah. Would somebody be that stupid to go up against an entire military force on a submarine? And they're like, 
pick at him? I mean, I don't know. That just doesn't make sense to me. But then again, <laughs> if you're a criminal, you, you go throughout life making poor decisions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, to me, it seems kind of, that's kind of the weak part of the show, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm sure he's going to come into play. I just think the whole, everything else, the main storyline, they just need to stick to that and not get dragged out into, ooh, the show's a success, let's drag in all these other side things that are just going to drag it away from the main story. So hopefully they don't do that and spend too much effort into that dude's story. Right. But that, that they did on episode three. <laughs> yes, they did. So I'm like, oh, boy. Mm-hmm. So, but it does make for an interesting dynamics of how that that whole crew is going to work together, doing that sort of thing. So, oh yeah. But, well, did you play anything else? Uh, just Walking Dead's the only thing I want to talk about. Okay. That was it for me. Is there anything else? Well, I guess in your case there is. But I played Collapse on my on my. Oh, that's a phone. <laughs> Oh, I picked up another one. It's very weird. Oh, what is the name of it? All you do is draw lines um, between two points. And it, it didn't sound too interesting, but I was like, I needed something else. It's called Flow Free. <laughs> Flow Free is what okay, it's called. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to restrain my comment there. And it um, actually gets quite hard. It's very easy to begin with. And then it gets really hard. And all you're doing is drawing a line between two points. And uh, it, it does get pretty complicated, and it's like a mind bender. So okay. it's a free game. Check it on uh, Check it on the Google Play Store. I always have trouble drawing lines with my finger. I mean, I feel like I need a stylus or something. No, this is uh, like a grid system, and there's a bunch of different colored dots. And you have to draw straight lines, or not straight lines, you have to draw a path. Uh, from one dot to another, but none of your lines can cross, and you have to fill up the whole grid. So every square in the grid has oh, to have a line okay. running through it. So it um, really makes you think. Okay. You know, and I, there's, I think there's multiple ways to do it, so it's not like there's only – some of them probably only have one answer to it or one solution, but I've, I've seen others where, you know – Obviously, you could have done several different ways, you know, to, to to fill in the grids. But none of your lines can cross. And as you, right. when you, like I said, when you first start, you're like, well, this is easy. It's just bloop, bloop, bloop. You know, you keep at it because it, it, eventually, before too long, you're going to get in there going, well, what the heck? How am I? You know, the grids get bigger. There gets more dots. It gets a lot more complicated. I've sat there on some for quite a bit of time trying to figure out how am I going to get all these lines around. Because you look at it, it's like, well, there's three in a row. And, you know, like three dots lined up next to each other. It's like you can't go around. you got to be careful because you're going to cut off a path of one. So, you know, you, sometimes, it's, you know, you don't – it's not always a direct route. You know, it's – you might have to go all the way around the board and come back around. And <laughs> okay, yeah. So it's it's interesting. Give it a shot. It's free game, so it doesn't hurt anything. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of a show of a not a show of a app that I started playing. That sounds very similar. It's called Hubrix. That's H-U-E-B-R-I-X. There's a free and a paid version. The the free one, the ads are kind of annoying, but uh. 
it's all along the same lines where there's uh, a grid and there'll be, you know, probably uh, two or more uh, pairs of colored dots. And so you just need to connect them. I mean, that sounds almost pretty similar to what you're talking about, right? That sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, so you need to connect the blue to blue, and let's say there's yellow, then you have to go yep. all the way around somehow to connect the yellow. And they'll, it'll actually tell you how far you need to go. So there'll be like a number six on top of the blue. So you, you need to connect the blues within six moves or six oh. pieces. Well, yeah, it sounds similar. So they're all cop. All these games are copycats of each other's. Yeah. So. But all right. Anyway. So that's it then for gaming, I guess, this week. Yeah. Okay, so we got to go watch uh, Walking Dead now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh wait, we actually have to start. <laughs> we have hey, to start did, the show. Did you delete a story out of here. No. Could have swore I had posted something here, but go ahead on our first topic because this is cool and it has nothing to do with games. Oh yes, it does, or at least it can in some respects. <laughs> so those of you that have actually watched the news even slightly today, um, and today is uh, October fourteenth, the day that we're doing this recording. Uh, Felix Baumgartner uh, did something sort of incredible today. He jumped out of a I don't know if I would call it a perfectly good working balloon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was going to be perfectly good. Very yeah. <laughs> it was a one-way trip. He's committed. Uh, but he jumped out of a, a balloon, and he set a, a several world records, jumping 128,097 feet. Yeah, that's quite a long ways. So he had a f- four-minute, 19-second... Uh, Free fall, reaching an estimated speed of 834, 834 miles per hour. Wow. I mean, that's faster than a jet plane. Straight down. That's crazy. Yeah, he was cruising faster than your commercial jetliners. Yeah, because they go, like, what, upper 500s max? Usually? Yeah, yeah. And even, you know, I mean, the speed of sound is, again, the speed of sound varies. Um, depending on elevation and pressure and all these different factors, but um, you know, military jets can can you know most military jets can go the speed of sound, but they don't. It's just you know not unless they're dogging it out in a fight or something yeah. that just sucks up the gas. So that sucks up the gas, and people start complaining <laughs> on the ground. Yeah, what's that loud noise? No, why'd my why'd all my windows break? <laughs> but yeah, this guy jumped and uh, Wing and I were talking just before the show of how this guy is like the first possible ODST. Yes, that's something. Jumping out of low Earth orbit. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's oh. really kind of cool when you think about it that. I mean, he did it. He, he came in in a spacesuit. I mean, he had to worry about. I'm not. I, I don't know what where you have to start worrying about reentry, you know, and having heat shields put on the outside of you. But I mean, this dude was dadgum in space, man. I mean, I don't know how many feet up it takes to actually be 
in space, but this dude was close. <laughs> if he wasn't in it, you know, I mean, he had to have a spacesuit on. And it was, I, I know we talked about it, Rob. You you didn't get a chance to see him do the jump. Um, I was watching. I was glued to the uh, Red Bull uh, was the sponsor for this guy, and uh, so their website actually had a live feed this morning. Yeah. And so you could watch Mission Control. It was listening in. It was something. It was the coolest thing I ever saw. They, uh, you were watching Mission Control. You were watching cameras that were on the Earth, but watching the balloon. Yep. And and it was cool because it was full. You know, they had like infrared cameras as well as regular normal cameras. But they, it wasn't like this little blip in the sky. They could reach out, man, and they were zoomed in, so you could have. I mean, it filled your screen. You could see it perfectly clear, crystal clear. It was amazing. And then they'd have these infrared cameras, so it was like you could see, like the balloon, when it left the ground. It wasn't like this full-on balloon shape. It was really weird. It was like long. It was really tall. Right. And, 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 and as it went up, you could see it change shape. And then when it got to, to the peak, it was like a big, full, more circular type of what a hot air balloon might look like. It was yeah. really, it was really big. It was really kind of cool. And it's just all from the pressures. And I don't know what's inside the thing. That was obviously a very special balloon. It's um, supposed to be helium. Yeah. Well, I think there was maybe a couple layers of stuff. Because the infrared made it look like there was multiple, like a balloon within a balloon is what it looked like oh, to me. Oh, okay. Um, but I don't know. It's just kind of the way, it could have just been the way the camera looked. And um, But it was really neat to watch. And then they had pictures inside the capsule. You could hear that Felix. That was amazing. Yeah, you could hear Felix talking. But the coolest thing was, man, and I'm so glad I saw this on the, on the Red Bull site, because I had the news on at the same time and the news didn't cut over to it. But I got to sit there and watch him go through the pre-jump checklist, and, and and there's a guy on the ground talking to him. And the guy on the ground, I'm I'm pretty sure, was the guy who held the record before. Um, I don't remember if his name's in this article that I have up. Um, I want to say it's something like Kirkman. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, it's, it's something along those lines. And I think he was the guy talking... Oh, Kittinger, sorry. Kittinger, yeah. Kittinger, Joe Kittinger. He actually held the record for the uh, highest jump. And I think he he set that, I think, in the 60s. And I think it was about 80,000 feet or something like that. Um, I'm, I'm guessing from what I, I'm trying to remember from earlier today. But um, so they were working together. It was really cool to see, like, the previous record holder working with the new guy to set the new one. I thought that was really neat. But he was working with him, talking to him about going through the final checklist, um, talking to him. Um, there was times that Felix wasn't responding. So he was just like, you know, give me a thumbs up if you're still hearing me because, you know, and then you'd see him. Okay. And then he'd start talking again. Um, but uh, they went through this whole thing, all these different steps. And then uh, then they got everything prepped. So they had to uh, pressurize his suit. And, uh, and then once he was pressurized and they had to depressurize the capsule and my son was standing here watching it on the computer with me and he's, you know, and I was explaining to him, you know, why they had to do that and stuff. And, uh, and then finally the door opened when the pressure, uh, of the capsule met, like met the same pressure as that of the outside atmosphere. It's like the door automatically opened and it was just, man, when that door opened, (laughs) Just, and he's got this this seat, man, the best seat in the house. 
And I'm just like, wow, dude, this guy is so high up. And then he got out on his little stand. They had this kind of stand and railing out on the outside. And he's standing out there holding on to the rail. He's still talking to the guys. And uh, and then he just leaned forward, man. He just leaned forward and fell straight down. And I'm just like, I just felt like my stomach just go <laughs> into my throat, man. I was like, oh, wow, that is so far. And uh, I watched him. Then they had the uh, – once he fell, you saw him kind of falling away from the capsule because there, there was all kinds of cameras everywhere. So there was one in the capsule behind him. Um, I'm sure there's helmet-mounted ones. They probably had them in because one of the things they said before he jumped was start your cameras. Um, but there was cameras on the capsule that uh, was watching him as he fell away. So you could see above his head as he's standing there. Um, and then the infrared ones when he was falling – you could see him falling, and man, at points, he was flipping in so many different directions. I was actually getting concerned at one point. So I'm like, dude, this guy's just like out of control. But he got it. He got himself back into controlled flight, and it was so cool. He was saying at one point he, he was going to black out, and you know he was falling so fast, man. It was just, it was crazy. Um, and then I saw his chute deploy, and I didn't get to see him land. I had to. I had to run off. Uh, I wonder if that's automatic. I I don't shoot, know. You know. I, I it probably. I know they had one that was supposed to go at ten thousand feet. So, um, and that, I don't know if that was the one I saw. But uh, yeah, he he broke what three different records today. So that that's really cool. So. That's it's amazing. There's actually going to be a couple of specials. We were talking about how I think it might be History Channel, but definitely uh, National Geographic. They're going to have some specials on it, you know, hour-long specials in about a month or so. Yeah, I, I definitely will watch that. It was so cool to witness it and see it. Um, that was amazing. It, it's just it was just really neat to see that. So I followed a, a little bit of the uh, story you know, in the weeks prior to the launch today. And one of the stories was pretty interesting about how the balloon was sized. That balloon is actually taller than the Statue of Liberty, just the balloon itself. Wow. And when it inflates, I, I know what you're talking about. I didn't see the final balloon, but I saw an image of the balloon. And when... Uh, when I saw the footage today, because he was about halfway up. I think he was around 20 kilometers up when I was watching it. You know, it was very long, and it kind of had like a little bulb up on the top. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Whereas the balloon was very, you know, stretched very long. Right. And, I mean, it almost looks like like an maybe like an onion. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best way. Yeah, yeah. Say it. it looks like an upside down onion when it's fully inflated. Is is that what yes. it looks like? Yes. At a maximum when altitude. It hit, when he hit about one hundred thirty thousand feet, um, it, that I noticed that the balloon looked like like an onion. Yeah, exactly. So it was cool, and then I, it's interesting because it was it was ascending the whole time. When it got to that full like one hundred thirty thousand feet, and that balloon got all out like it did, he actually started to descend. Because I was watching his altimeter, he actually went up above. He was higher than where he jumped from. And then it started to actually come back down. So I thought that was very interesting. It's like, I just thought it would just keep going, you know. Um, it actually didn't. 
So there's something with a design or whatever, I don't know what it was, to not necessarily go over where it was. And then once they got up to the 130, they were working on getting him out and doing all that stuff. And when he jumped, he was at 128. So I was kind of wondering if that gas expands so much that it fills that balloon as much as it does. What if it popped? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> popped at 120,000 feet. Yikes. That would not be a good situation. That was cool. Yeah. Anyway, so the first uh, ODST? Yep. Was today? All right. So you ready to start the start the show? Yeah, we should probably do that. <laughs> okay. As we're now into hour two. Anyway, you want to take his first one? Oh, sure. This I thought was funny. Um, EA accidentally gives out free games. <laughs> lots and lots of free games. Uh, supposedly over this weekend, some gamers had gotten a special code from EA for uh, kind of like a thanks for completing a survey. Well, the code actually allowed them to download a free game from the Origin EA's online store for PC games. But it looks like they didn't quite do everything they needed to on their end because the code worked more than once. And you could download many, many, many games with the same code. Um, EA has since fixed that issue. But I'm looking at one gamer was able to get, what did we say? 14 games 14. he was able to download from the on origin service with this one free code. Wow. So now it's like $700, right? <laughs> it's a lot of money. Software. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, yeah, that's about 700 bucks. You figure about $50 a game. Some of these probably aren't 50 bucks anymore, but I mean, he got battlefield three and late both dragon age games and, you know, um, Mass Effect, uh, Medal of Honor, and a bunch of other stuff. So, but my my take on this is I it's EA I, and it's on the Origin service. So I'll be I'll be surprised if EA doesn't take all these games out of everybody's library. I would expect them yeah. to remove all those that downloaded with the codes, and then give them another code that's fixed and says you can go back and download your game. Because I don't see them letting this guy keep these 14 free games. You know, I really yeah. don't. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what EA actually does. So oh, yeah. that this just came up just tonight, just a couple of hours ago, the story was posted. So we don't have a response yet or not hearing anything on what they did. But I would guess EA to pull those. I feel kind of left out because I fill out a lot of surveys online and I didn't get nothing. I didn't get nothing either, jerks. <laughs> <laughs> so please send me a survey. <laughs> All right. Okay, um, another thing is uh, there's been, I guess, a little bit of a change in the need for speed development circle. Was, uh, there was uh, some talk a while back where Criterion was going to be doing everything, right? Yeah, we'd be doing the Need for Speed and the Burnout work, and now EA Gothenburg is going to be working on the next Need for Speed. They're actually doing some hiring right now. So, hey, if if you're out in that area, I guess, and you want a job, you know, maybe you get hired over there. So, I wonder what that was all about. 
No. I don't know if something's changed since Criterion thought they were going to have their hands on all of it or, you know, if that was it all along, maybe they're going to, maybe they're still going to have their stamp on it or maybe it's still got to go through them. I don't know. I wonder if they use the same engine or not. I, uh, looks like I Frostbite know. 2 is going to be the engine. Uh, I think EA is using Frostbite for every game now. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, if you like Burn or Need for Speed, it looks like you're going to get multiple games per year. <laughs> so, because we just had, we've had, what, two Need for Speeds already this year? And now this new one is getting ready to come out, and they got another one already in the burner for that one. So, you know, I like all these racing games, but I mean, it's starting to get a little excessive, kind of like the music games a little bit, isn't it? I think so. You know, at some point, these games are definitely, you know, more the same. But yeah, we'll see. All right, so um, on to something. You know, I think people do this on purpose. It always seems like every week somebody's saying, I want to hear something about Battlefield. I think they do this to me on purpose. But this week, I thought I'd talk about this one. Because Fox is developing an hour-long TV show based on, again, what is this, the EA Hour? Electronic Arts Battlefield Bad Company. The show... And Rob, you got to tell me what you think about this uh, okay. when I'm done. But the show is going to follow four soldiers transitioning from military life to the private sector. Their old commanding officer apparently used them to propel the agent agenda sorry, of a shadow unit within the government and now wants them dead to cover his own involvement. So I guess that's what the show is going to be about. Um, before I give you my thoughts, what's your thoughts? Man. <laughs> Partly not interested. <laughs> I mean, it just—I don't know. It—it it, it seems just like another way to profit off of, you know, existing stuff, and you know, to hook the the gamer community into it just by the name. It seems like a waste of the battlefield name. Yeah. Um, okay. this really does feel like a money grab. Because um, I thought, you know, when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, cool. But this is a transitioning from military life. So I don't want that. It's <laughs> I want to see si- four guys in combat, man. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be like, um, oh, what is that show about the four special ops guys with, with their wives? And um, half the show is about the wives at home. and Feel good comedy. It's well, it wasn't a comedy. I know, <laughs> I know, that wasn't. I just can't remember the name of that show. I watched it for a, a very short time. It just wasn't very good. This could be like a new Big Bang Theory <laughs> of a different kind of Big Bang. <laughs> so I, I don't know about this. We'll have to see. It's uh, not enticing me to watch it or set the DVR. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, speaking of which. You remember that show that uh, we were talking about last week? That uh, no, uh, the Halo Four. Oh, yes. I Forward can't remember the name. Dawn. Yeah, Forward Into Dawn. Did you hear about the ban 
Oh yeah. For so, uh, yeah, so Microsoft is setting a new rule that bans uh, companies from profiting off of their intellectual property. So if if you do anything to create, I guess any kind of content and you profit from it in any way, whether it's advertising or to charge, uh, let's say per view or whatnot you are not allowed to do that. What do you think of that, Mark? Um, I agree with it. Because they got to protect their stuff. It's, it's their, it's their property. Um, I, and it's not like, they're not saying you can't take trailers or, you know, you can't copy your game footage and put it up on YouTube. They're not saying that. They're saying you can't, Use our games to create something probably like a red versus blue and then sell it or make money off of it because you're making money off somebody else's idea, somebody else's product, if you will. Right. So. And they've it, been it pretty lenient with that. Yeah. And I don't, I'm, I don't know if red versus blue is, um, I don't know if that's sanctioned by Microsoft or not. I have no idea if it affects those guys. Um, but they've been tolerating it essentially for years, right? Well, I think so. I, yeah. I don't know if it's, you know, maybe maybe they've been trying to take care of it and it's not working. That's why they put it in the EULA, which we all had to sign this week. If you signed in Xbox.com, you had to sign, agree to a new EULA. If you yeah. signed into your Xbox, you had to agree to a new EULA. So, um, yep. yeah. What was that about? I think that was on Wednesday, right? Yeah, sometime this week. Wednesday or Thursday, yeah. So, but I think it's fine. It's their intellectual property. I don't have a problem with people, you know, if they said you can't make YouTube videos and they, they would cut anything that was, you know, Halo 4 related, then I, that's crap. Then I would disagree with that. But this is simply saying you can't profit off of making videos based on our franchises, which makes sense. You know, you, you actually can't do it. You can't, you know, Star Wars is one where a lot of people have made a lot of fan films, but you could not do a Star Wars one and make money off of it. Luke, it would, it would be illegal. Right. So it's the same thing. I mean, you know, I completely am fine with it. So, way to go. Yeah, because, uh, as an example of what's legal and what's not, I guess they say, for example, if you post your video on YouTube or Vimeo and there happens to be an advertisement next to it, then as long as you don't get paid for that advertisement, the fact that there is an advertisement on the page doesn't break these rules. But enrolling in a YouTube partner program or similar program where you are entering into an agreement to get paid is not allowed. Mm. On a similar note, if you create and distribute a free app, then you can't earn any money from advertising in that app. Interesting. Mm. So even apps are covered by this. So I wonder how that's going to affect that machinima Well, that is not 
Good question. <laughs> That's a good because question. I didn't, I didn't look to see if there was an episode two because I thought there is supposed to be every Friday. There is because it's on Halo Waypoint. I think it's going to be okay because it's given out by it's it's pushed out by three four three studios on oh, yeah. the Halo Waypoint site. I actually that's where I watched the episode two right on my Xbox. Okay. So I, I don't think that's going to be impacted. I hope not. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a great show, man. Because <laughs> I thought that that was going to get nailed right away. But I mean, you bring up a good point that the studio does it. I I think that one's it, it looks too good to not be officially supported. Yeah. Because they got a warthog in the thing for crying out loud. There's I only know. one. So I, I think that's so the official cool. warthog from the studios. Yeah. Um so um I'm pretty sure that that whole thing is completely sanctioned by Microsoft. I bet it is. So Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, okay, where are we? Tomb Raider. <laughs> oh, okay, we're already up on Tomb Raider. Okay, Tomb Raider. I think we're, what, about 15 games in now? I have no idea. At least a dozen. I've never played one, so. Are you serious? I've never played a Tomb Raider game. Oh, man. This this one will be my first. I plan get... to play this. Okay, so you're going to pre-order it then? No, I'm going to rent it. Okay. I've never played a Tomb Raider game, so I there's I'm not going to buy it. I'll pre-order it, or I mean I'll rent it. If I like it, I'll buy it. Okay. Well, real quick, and this uh, the pre-orders have been announced. The game's coming out on March 5th, 2013. Which is what about five months away, approximately. So there's going to be uh, a couple of different uh, exclusives, of course, from all the different uh, uh, venues here. Uh, the first off, first one is going to be GameStop. There's going to be an exclusive in-game challenge tomb. The tomb is a standalone experience that offers various environment puzzles to test Lara, Laura's, uh, Lara's. Uh, brains and brawn. Okay. Amazon is going to have the final hours edition of Tomb Raider, which is going to have an exclusive 32 page art book assembled by art director Brian Horton. And players will also get a hunter's skin that puts Lara in action movie style natural camouflage. Plus, there's a download of the final hours of Tomb Raider, a director's cut. Uh, behind-the-scenes documentary about the making of the game. And then from Best Buy, there's going to be an exclusive Tomb Raiders, The Beginnings graphic novel. The book is written by Rihanna Pratchett, who is also the lead writer on the game. And it's got art by Brian Horton again, and uh, a 48-page hardcover story of how... Uh, the ill-fated voyage of the Endurance came to be. Best Buy pre-orders are also going to include the Aviatrix skin, which is a 1930s adventure outfit that dresses Lara in a bomber jacket. So that's the new game that's uh, that's coming out here in the next couple months. But uh, I, I'm still surprised that you haven't played a single one. 
Yeah, I just never did. Oh. Yeah, because I, I played the first couple when they were out on the PlayStation. The first one was amazing. I loved it. Loved it. Then I started to lose interest with uh, the subsequent ones. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can kind of see how, now that I think about it, I can kind of see how you can easily skip over these. Well, this new one looks really good. And I tell you what, if I was going to buy it, I would probably go with Best Buy. I, that It's interesting to me. To me, GameStop's got the worst pre-order bonus. Um, it's just a challenge to them. That's it. Yay. It's like, you know, the other stuff gives you skins, books. I mean, I think Best Buy, you get the you get a novel and a hardcover or a story book as well, plus the in-game uh, character skins. So, oh, I think that's kind of the best deal, to be honest. So I was kind of surprised. Yeah, because when I saw that GameStop one, I was kind of thinking that they were trying to make it into kind of like a portal, you know, where... I mean, there's a lot of puzzle kind of stuff in, in the original ones, you know, where you had to move this block over here and do this, do that, you know, figure out how to get up onto the ledge. You know, they could easily do something like that. So, you know, having that, in, you know, extra tomb, if it's going to be puzzly or something like that, that might be a draw, but, you know, I agree that the other ones do sound better. Yeah. No. All right. Yeah. Well, I got some Mass Effect news. Quite a quite a few different things here. Um, first of all, going to start with um, multiplayer um, challenge system is coming to Mass Effect Three, and they're going to be also replacing, or I guess that's replacing the weekend operations. So, if you're still out there defending Earth from the Reapers and or Cerberus, um, there's some news here for you. Um, at some point, let's see, Shepard took care of that like months ago. So what are you guys even doing out there? Yeah, you're, what are you doing? Right. Um, so how are you going to get rewarded for your, your work at some point in the future? Bioware is going to implement a challenge system into Mass Effect 3's multiplayer. Players will be able to compete, complete hundreds of new multiplayer challenges, which sound a lot like mini achievements. So a success, which, you know, I'm seeing like these challenges seems to be coming into more and more games these days. Um, uh, Sleeping Dogs had it and man, Borderlands 2 had tons of them. But they're like different things you do and you get in Borderlands, you got badass skill points for doing all the different challenges and there's tons of them, just ridiculous amounts. Um, so successfully completing a challenge grants challenge points. And personal progression through said challenges can be monitored both in-game and on a forthcoming N7HQ website. Additionally, gold-level challenges grant an exclusive title and a banner upon completion and can also be completed uh, in an unlimited number of times. Hmm. The existing bi-weekly operation, enter code word here, <laughs> um, we've, we've seen lots of those. Those events are going to be replaced by weekly challenge events that grant their prizes to individual players immediately rather than granting global prizes on a delay as the current system does. Uh, we do not know when these challenges will be implemented, but that is coming down the pipe for Mass Effect. Also, Mass Effect 3 DLC called Omega 
is going to land on November 27th. It's priced at 1200 Microsoft points. And, uh, this is, well, let's see. This is the first, um, I think this is the first, um, what is I'm trying to say? Ah, never mind. Let me just, let me just read this. Okay. Um, the, the interviewees that were in this video, they are apparently, uh, Mass Effect 3 producer Mike Gamble. And, uh, according to the interview, the DLC is double the size of any previous Mass Effect DLC. And let's players take on Arya, who is vying for control of the Omega Space Station. So, that is what the video is stating. Now, a post on the Bioware blog confirms those details. And the Mega DLC is coming to PC, PSN, Xbox Live Marketplace on, on November 27th, like I said. Um, owner, uh, European players will have to wait till the 28th. And this is from the official blog post on the Bioware. It says, disturbing reports from the Citadel suggest that something big is about to go down. If our intel is accurate, Aria is on the move. This was anticipated as we did not expect her to sit idly by while Cerberus ran roughshod over Omega. With her biotic capabilities and well-documented mean streak, what happens next won't be pretty. Our informants believe that Arya intends to seek out Commander Shepard for assistance. We are aware of the commander's ties to Arya, but are unclear about how deep they run. What we do know is that Arya will be relentless in her fight to take back Omega, and with the commander at her side, she may very well be unstoppable. So it looks like it's going to be, um, like I said, single-player campaign um, instead of a multiplayer thing, and it'll be it will cost you some money, so... But double the size, um, twice the size of any previous Mass Effect DLC. I don't know if that's just because of like artwork or not as good a compression, or is the game yeah. actually going to take twice as long to play? You know, when they say it's twice the size, does not can't translate to you know six hours of gameplay. <laughs> so, but I don't know. It may. You know, when they say it's twice the size, that's what they're they're hoping that you get in your mind that it's twice the adventure. Right. So there's that to look forward to. And but wait, you, there's more. Uh, wait, there's more. This is really cool. But you better have some money if you want this. Dark Horse Comics recently unveiled an 18 and a half inch tall replica of the Reaper Sovereign from the Mass Effect series. This replica is estimated to ship in June for three hundred and fifty dollars. Wow. And it will, and your pre-order is only going to cost you a hundred bucks. <laughs> you have to put a hundred dollar deposit down on it at the Bioware store. This Reaper statue is very limited with fewer than a thousand being made. And it will also come with a code for as yet unannounced multiplayer bonuses. So if you, I know a lot of people out there like to collect this type of stuff. This one's going to cost you 350 bucks, but it's 18 and a half inches tall. That's a big replica. Oh yeah. So I was pretty, pretty impressed with that. <laughs> so that wraps up my mass effect three stuff. Yeah. I was just looking at that picture of that thing. Looks pretty neat, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Are you going to get one? I think you should buy one and give it out to someone in the community. I would if I could. I think you should pre-order it. 
and then I'll do that. Send me a hundred dollars, and I'll send me three hundred fifty dollars, and I'll pre-order it. <laughs> three hundred fifty bucks for this? Wow, a lot of money. I mean, it does look cool. It definitely would be hard to fit on a bookcase, that's for sure, or in a bookcase. It comes with DLC. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so if it's anybody free. gets those, if anybody gets those next June, <laughs> let us know. Yeah, I take a picture and post it yeah. on our Facebook group. Yeah. I'd like to see it. Oh, yeah. So. Okay. And for you, uh, those of you who have the, bought the loot chest for Borderlands 2, take a picture of it and put it on our Facebook group. You know, put put your dog next to it or your kids next to it or something or I don't know, just so we can see it. <laughs> Compare the size, see how big it really is. I did see a dog sitting in one, but if we got, I know people in our group, our community bought them, so let's see the pictures of your loot chest. <laughs> okay. All right, uh, Major Nelson made an announcement uh, last week that GameSpot TV is now available on Xbox Live. So that uh, world-famous gaming site, GameSpot, uh, will be available on Xbox Live in the following countries, Australia, Canada, Ireland, New Zealand, the U.S., and the United Kingdom. So they will have uh, Connect Control, so you can do... Uh, you know, rewinding of videos with your voice or waving your hand and all that good stuff. Uh, they're going to have trailers, uh, interviews, uh, gameplay marathons. A lot of stuff's going to be on there. So you might definitely want to check it out. Cool, man, cool. Well, Rob, did you finish Borderlands 2 yet? No, I did not. Well, you need to get it done by tomorrow. What? Because, because Tuesday, Borderlands 2 Captain Scarlet DLC is hitting the Xbox Live. It's too soon. Captain Scarlet and her pirate's booty. First pack of DLC her is what? her pirate booty. <laughs> her booty. Our booty, booty. The pack is hitting uh, on October 16th. Oh, and if you bought the, if you got the season pass, then then you'll the download will be free. If you didn't buy the season pass, it'll cost you ten bucks. Um, you can still buy the season pass if you want, because you're gonna get three pieces of DLC for 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 thirty dollars. So to buy three, get one free. Um, it looks like we're it. This is the one where Randy Pitchford had talked about the sand skiff. Uh, he had made a comment about that from the Star Wars movies. Looks like we're gonna be able to ride yep. these things um, in this season in this pass. So. Or in the season pass, in this DLC. Um, this DLC yep. set in a new area, which features the bandit-occupied slums of Oasis. Um, this is can, this is described by Randy Pitchford as a dried-up landscape, more like Tatooine than an ocean. The Scanskiff vehicle, which I talked about, is will be in here. They're called uh, will be in the expansion along with a new currency called Seraph Crystals. So, yep, we'll make our way back into Borderlands on Tuesday. So, um, and, and just the, the one, I'll tell you one thing I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure before I, I'm going to download this course probably that morning, but, um, I'll tell you okay. what, before I play it, I'm going to make sure that Xbox.com is showing this DLC <laughs> in the achievements because, 
Um, I don't want to, I would hate to have to go back and do it. I'll do it all and then have to go and do it again. Um, cause you gotta like wipe out your profile and redownload your profile type of thing to, to get it to register. So, but anywho, so check that okay. before you start playing the DLC, make sure xbox.com is reflecting the new achievements. Cause I'm sure there's going to be achievements associated with this DLC. Oh, absolutely. All the past ones had achievements with them, so I'll have to look that up because I didn't yeah. hear anything about it. So, okay, that's it. Is that is that okay? Is All that, right, is uh, that, Microsoft. Is that, <laughs> is that like your rap? Is that is that is that? <laughs> <laughs> that was my Max Hedron impersonation. Oh, okay. If wow, there's that. a blast from the past. I know, right? You just made 90% of our, our audience go, huh? <laughs> Who? What? What's he talking about? What's Max Headroom? Well, if you listen to that uh, that audiobook I talked about earlier called Ready Player One, then you might know. Anyway, so uh, Microsoft came out with uh, a cool new prototype to kind of you know, expand on some of the neat stuff that they've uh, done so far with the Kinect. Uh, this prototype is a device called Digits. And what this is, is it's a little uh, device that looks like it mounts onto your inside forearm. I don't know. It's, you know, I guess it's what you would call it. So if, you, if you're looking at your hand, palm up. It's on the inside uh-huh. forearm, right? Anyway, yeah. good enough. Sure. Wrist. Yeah, so it's got an infrared camera, a diffuser, an infrared laser, and some other kind of hardware on there where it can actually detect the position of each and every finger in your hand without you wearing any kind of glove. Because in the past, uh, all of the hand technology was usually, you know, either some kind of glove or you had some kind of, uh, skeleton on your hand, you know, which would detect how much you flex your fingers. So this is a new way for them uh, to gauge the hand positions. And, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see where they go with this to see if it actually makes it into the consumer space or if it's something that they're still kind of toying with, you know, just with the probably millions of dollars that they get in their R&D budgets. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what the future brings with this guy, but it looks pretty cool. It's it's very bulky, so it's not something uh, that is you know even close to being ready in its current form. But uh, you know they're saying you could use it in conjunction with uh, some devices to you know like pan, zoom, manipulate on screen on screen objects. Um, you know it's uh, you know the. The possibilities are kind of endless with this, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what they do with it. The thing is, though, too, like, you know, we think about these things sometimes. I think when we read these, we tend to think immediately about the game application and like, oh, that's stupid. Why are they doing that? But, you know, the Connect is they're making big strides and doing things like in other fields that have nothing to do with gaming, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I always tend to kind of forget sometimes that, you know, Microsoft's not first and foremost xbox you know it's it is first and foremost windows um and you know a lot of this technology is they're they're doing they got connect on the pc and they're doing all kinds of different stuff so hospital applications and surgical things and you know 
That's probably where they're doing a lot of this R&D for. Oh, yeah. You know. And the applications that get brought into the gaming world, I mean, that's almost like gravy for them because the developers, you know, figure out cool new things to do with it. And it's just, you know, stuff that it kind of gets developed on the side. It's like a bonus, you know. Yeah. Feature-wise, at least. <laughs> I just, I don't know, I kind of, I'm curious, though, as all these different technologies and things are talking about, I, I hope they don't try to push too much different into the next Xbox. You know, I hope it's, like, for even further down the road. Yeah. So I, I don't want the next Xbox to be non-controller-based. I want a controller. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be old school. That's right. Don't change it on me. So I don't think they will. All right. I hope not. I'm going to hold you especially, to that. Especially when they can make, you know, 50 bucks per yeah, control. That's true. They do, they do sell those for quite a good price. Yeah. And as many as we break, you gotta, gotta have, gotta have those around. Cause I know, knowing you, you gotta have something you can throw across the room, right? <laughs> Or twist in half. Twist in half. I twist them more than throw them. I've only thrown a couple of times. <laughs> Seriously broken one from throwing it. So yeah, <laughs> which I haven't replaced it yet because they are fifty bucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyways, next story. Uh, moving on. Got to keep this thing flowing. That's right. Got to keep driving this puppy home so we can get a, get the get a, get the Walking Dead. But by the time Grid Two. That's right, Grid 2 wheels into the stores. It will be nearly five years since the Race Driver series welcomed a new installment. Codemasters recently spoke about waiting for technology that meets the Southam Studios' ambitions. But we wanted to know the specific ways in which the lengthy pit stop benefits the racer. So Grid 2, you know, I really enjoyed Grid. I thought it was a really fun racing game. And I'm kind of, I was been kind of surprised that Grid 2 hasn't popped out yet. So here's what they had to say. The thing for us is that sometimes you get a car that's been modeled to such beautiful, beautiful detail. Then when you see it in the environment, it just jars. It looks like it's from a showroom. It's not lit the same way as the environment. It just feels this glossy thing in the middle of something that's actually quite tangible and real. We try to make sure those two things blend in a much more realistic way. Grid 2's feature is a much more enhanced lighting or advanced lighting system than seen in previous Codemaster games, especially in terms of how shadows are cast on buildings in the sense of detail to depth. In Grid 2, when light beams onto a building, it cascades off of it and onto other buildings. These are the kinds of complex lighting effects Codemasters feel makes Grid 2 stand out visually, but visuals are just part of the equation. Grid 2's physics engine operates at 1,000 hertz. Smith added, meaning it, when Smith, by when I say Smith, that's, um, uh, Pooh, where's his name? Sure. I know it's here somewhere. <laughs> Associate producer, Ian Smith, or maybe it's Lane. It looks like an I. I think it, I don't know. It's either Lane or Ian. I think it's Ian. It looks like they got an I there, so it's kind of weird. But Ian Smith said um, that uh, it's updating everything from the various uh, 
from the various man what is this okay let me just start this over man as you can tell i'm reading okay that's why i hate i, I hate reading stuff um but grid 2's physics engine operates at a thousand hertz smith added meaning it's updating everything from the various constituents of cars to ways ai drivers act within centimeters rather than meters as smith puts it we wanted to make sure the handling was a one so you know essentially what was it comes what? down to huh was a what was the handling was a one. Oh, like a number one i don't know this is a one that's what the quote so you know gotcha but um essentially grid two is planning to come down the pipe it's currently scheduled to arrive in early 2013 um and for xbox 360 ps3 and pc and um so it sounds like there's gonna it's probably gonna look quite significantly different than the previous uh in uh version that we had a few years back um also Grid2 will benefit from recently unveiled RaceNet, the developer's free access community platform, which compares to the likes of EA's Autolog and Call of Duty's Elite Services. So, there you go. Okay. RaceNet will be part of it. So, if you're a racing fan, look forward to Grid2 coming out in the next year. Okay, another thing you can look in, oh. <laughs> Another thing that you can look forward to is uh, earlier this week, or last week, I guess it is now, uh, there was a leak on a couple of the online retailers of a new Rockstar Games bundle. So this is going to be the Rockstar Games Collection Edition 1. That's going to be the title. This was uh, was confirmed by Rockstar later on. Uh, It will be out for the 360 and PlayStation 3 on November 6th. And what this includes is actually quite a bit of stuff. It includes for fifty nine ninety nine, uh, Red Dead Redemption, Grand Theft Auto, episodes from Liberty City, L.A. Noir, and Midnight Club Los Angeles Complete Edition. The uh, Grand Theft Auto episodes will be. Uh, the Ballad of Gay Tony and Lost and Damned. Yeah, uh, those are the ones. So for sixty bucks, you know, granted the titles are a little older, but I mean that's that's a fantastic deal right there. Because that's what Red Dead Redemption, Grand Theft Auto, Noir. So that's four games for yep. sixty bucks. And it's not like they're quick games either. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't think they know how to make a quick game. <laughs> yeah. So. So this can easily be said as being probably the best gaming deal, you know, if you haven't played these games. I don't know, 14 games for free from EA with one code. That was a pretty good deal. <laughs> yeah, but this, you know, won't get taken away from you. That's true. Or you won't have that fear hovering. Just imagine you're like halfway through the game and it disappears. Oh, or something. Yeah. Or you feel like a thief. <laughs> nah. Nah. The code works, man. I'm taking it. It's mine. So that's a good deal. But if you don't want to pay, if you if you're like EA and you don't want to pay for, or if you if you're like that EA deal and you don't want to pay for anything, 
I got good news for you for your Resident Evil 6 player. More free D or free DLC is coming to Resident Evil 6. Um, Capcom is planning a wave of free DLC for the game, and the content's going to be delivered via title update in the near future, adding extra functionality to Ada Wong's campaign as well as a new difficulty mode. Now, currently, if you to, to play Ada Wong's storyline, you have to complete the full game, which means playing three other campaigns because there's three different campaigns in the in the store in the game. Um, also, Ada is, operates solo. That means you you know as you co-op through the first three campaigns, you cannot co-op in the last part, which seems kind of stupid. But the title update will lift both of those restrictions, meaning Ada's story will be accessible at any point. And she'll be accompanied by an unnamed partner, so you can actually do co-op for her campaign. Lastly, Cap- lastly, Capcom plans to add yet another difficulty mode titled No Hope. There are no details on what kind of adjustment this option will make the game will make to the game, it, but uh, Capcom is simply saying it's super hard. So that's what I always need in my games: make it make it impossible. <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> yeah. That's got great replay value. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, for you hardcore people out there that want them really hard, there you go. Yep. So. So, on the Sleeping Dogs front, on October 16th, we're going to have the first supplementary uh, contact content pack for this game. Uh, it's going to be the Street Racer DLC pack. Uh, costing a mere 320 Microsoft points. That's not too bad, I guess. And uh, the DLC pack is going to add three new races across uh, both land and sea. It's going to add a new motorcycle to Weishens. Weishens? How do, how do you say that? Way? Way, yeah. Way? No way. So Weishens Garage and a new outfit to his closet boosting his defense against gunfire and accidents. So, are you going to get that because you love the game? Uh, I don't have the game anymore. I sent it back to Gamefly. Oh, yeah, that's right. So. Oh, here's something kind of interesting on a side note. I just saw this. Remember that game uh, NBA Baller Beats? We Uh, talked about it on a release thing maybe three weeks ago. It's the one that comes out with that real basketball, right? Yeah, with the basketball, yeah. Yeah. I actually saw it at Target. Oh, yeah? Uh, Maybe a week or two ago. I was walking through there, and I said, oh, look at that thing. It's got a basketball. Anyway, they sold 3,000 copies in their first month. Ouch. Yeah. (laughs) So we should be able to find that on the... uh... It'll be on the clearance rack. Cool. It's a cool-looking basketball. Yeah. The basketball looked really neat. Yeah, it did. That was cool artwork. I'm going to have to keep my eye out on the store. Yep. <laughs> so, but um, it, anyways, back to uh, Sleeping Dogs. <laughs> There's more than just oh, the street racing DLC. That's that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I was like, why is he, why is he segueing away from sleeping dogs and going to a basketball game? I got distracted by my baller beats. Yeah, you did. (laughs) So, uh, so we've got October 16th for the, the first pack. October 30th is a horror themed pack that's coming out. It's called, uh, Nightmare in North Point. So it's the first story driven, uh, DLC for sleeping dogs. 
Uh, it's going to be horror-themed, and they say it's similar to Red uh, Dead Redemption's Undead Nightmare. Yeah, that's uh, actually, I, I just occurred to me, October 30th, Halloween, right? Mm, 31st, but that's okay. Oh, yeah, you know, Halloween or... Get it? So, yeah. <laughs> so you, you can look for that later on this month. All right. Well, Rob, I got good news for you. If you're going to play XCOM and it's too hard for you. <laughs> I'm sure it will be. Actually, I'm really considering, now that you mention it, I'm really considering uh, maybe getting it for the PC. Uh, you should at least get it. No matter what, whichever version you get, you should get it. So, um, you might enjoy, since you're not, you're not like, you know, into the, the achievement points and you're not on the Xbox all the time, you might find it easier to play, um, on the PC, so. So I was actually thinking about it the other day where, like, I have a really hard time trying to find anything worth playing on the train into work and I wonder if XCOM might be a good way to go. Cause Diablo, I, I thought about trying to play that thing, but I just can't do it on the little, you know, controllers on the uh, laptop. You know, where you yeah. the racer head thing. Yeah. I, mean, I need a mouse for that. I wonder yeah. if XCOM would be any better. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't like those ra- racer head things, period. So yeah, I, I wouldn't think that'd work very well for anything. So, but you could try it and let us know. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, but anyways, if you do get it and you just find it too hard, what you might want to do is go in and um, c- customize some of your soldiers and change their names. Oh, yeah. Change their name to, oh, maybe Sid Meier or Ken Levine or possibly Joe Kelly and maybe even Otto Zander. Um, this will basically create super soldiers. Um, they basically become XCOM heroes in the game. So the only thing to note is definitely on the Xbox side, it will disable achievements if you do that. But, um, you know, if you're in the PC, and I'm pretty sure, I don't think it's a Windows Live game. I don't think there's achievements for this one on, on the Windows side that it won't matter. <laughs> and, you can, yeah. and, there's, and there's no achievements, so go ahead and play as these super XCOM heroes, these super soldiers. So that's kind of neat little Easter egg. So um, Sid Meier, Ken Levine, Joe Kelly, or Otto Xander, those those are the four. So you could actually change four of your soldiers and have four super soldiers go in and annihilate everybody. I think what I might do is when I do my super-duper hard run, that's what I'll do. I'll create these super soldiers and then try it and see what it's like. So, or what happens if you uh, rename it to Wingman Seven Hundred Nine? Oh, that that's just like God mode. <laughs> you become yeah. unstoppable. That's why my that's why Wingman died the first time. I didn't have the Seven Hundred Nine on there. Yeah, he was just Wingman. <laughs> so, but yeah, so play as the play as the those developers and become super soldiers. So, cool. All right. All right, a little bit of news on the NPD front for uh, one of our favorite games of late, Borderlands 2. And uh, the numbers came in for Borderlands in particular were Borderlands uh, bested 
Borderlands 2 bested Borderlands 1 uh, sales by 234%. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> they yeah. two and a almost two and a half times the amount of sales yeah. from the original. That's, I wonder if wow. wow. I wonder if that had to do with, you know, all the people that, you know, played the game in the last what, two years? You know, through services like GameFly. Well, I know with Borderlands, I think that was one of those that, you know, in the retail world, they have what's called a tail. And so, like, when a game, and even with movies, it works the same way. When a movie comes out, you know, they're expecting their biggest their biggest sales week is going to be the opening week. Right. And then the next week, it's going to fall off. But, it, you know, typically, like, in your movies or your retail, it should still be pretty good. After that, it drops off. You know, so right. the tail is like how long they're having very successful sales. And I remember when Borderlands came out, that was one of those that, you know, it didn't sell a ton. I mean, they sold real well, but it wasn't like, a, you know, an outbreak smash hit day one. But it was one of those that they sold. It had very consistent selling for a very long time. So they actually had a long tail on their retail sales because it was right. one of those games that people tried and then they're just like, Oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever. And they tell their friends and their friends would try it. And they're like, Ooh, I got to get this. So they go out and buy it and they go, then, you know, it, it, it was that word of mouth thing that stretched it out. So now this time they're going to have all those people that, you know, bought it a month, two, three months, you know, later are now jumping on and buying it right away. Cause they know how fun it is. Right. So oh, I'll bet you, You'll see that taper off now, like normal. It'll be like a normal game. It probably won't have that extended tail like they had last time. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I sort of remember when that game came out, when the first one came out, where we were all kind of surprised by how good it was, weren't we? Oh, I was, I mean, I remember buying it, and I was just, dude, I just got sucked in, dude. But it wasn't one that we're really like looking forward to, was it? No, uh -uh. it was just because I remember it being kind of like you know like a surprise hit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. You're right. (laughs) Because both you and I loved it. I don't remember if Brun played it much. Brun has a problem finishing games. Just like you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I'm the only one here that completes my games. <laughs> You're the only finisher. Finish him! <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. not many that I don't complete nowadays. I usually always complete my campaigns. So. I don't know better. if I'm going to finish the Dead or Alive campaign. I'm, I'm, I, I may have gotten all I could out of that. Just the day-to-day. <laughs> It's like I don't know. It's uh, it's a little frustrating because there's so many moves. It's not a. It's just such a complicated fighting game, and they have to be so precise and so it's and so quick and so yeah, yeah. It's I just don't know if I'm gonna complete it, but just it's not for me. 
I know when I play those games, I, I just do button mashing. That's that's what <laughs> of I of all sorts. And then I'll do something cool, and I'm like, I have no idea how I just did that. <laughs> I, I said that today. I, I actually I actually beat a couple people online, but that's just because they were the same brand new, had never done it online too. And uh, but I had this move where somehow I jumped on the dude's head and crushed him with my thighs, and I was like, How did I just do that? I don't even know what I did. And of course, I couldn't repeat that, you know, super cool move again. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't figure out what I did. So, no, it's more punch kick, punch kick. That's that's more my style. Yep. <laughs> so, but punch kick advance, punch kick advance. Yep. Oh, back up, back up, defend, defend. Oh, punch <laughs> kick, punch kick. <laughs> Repeat. So, all right. Anyway, so a little bit more in the numbers. Uh, so. For Microsoft, the 360 sold 270,000 units in September, and it remains uh, the top-selling console with 49% of the market. That's pretty cool. Sweet. Yeah. Okay, moving on. All right, Rob. Yes, sir. Going to talk about Electronic Arts again, but this time we're going to focus on the founder because because yes. he said something recently that I just don't know if I agree with. Um, Trip Hawkins is his name. Yep. Believes that the console gaming is destined to be niche. No. <laughs> I already forgot how niche. to say it. Niche. Or niche if, if you're here in the in the USA. <laughs> in USA, yeah, in the Americas. So, a niche market. A wonkish hobbyist enthusiasm. A sliver of the great global games market. <laughs> so, console gaming is just a sliver of the great global games marketing, he says. What, what do you, what do you think of that? I mean, I don't want to go in and just read this whole story and, and, you know, I just don't think it's pertinent, but unless there's something in there you thought that was pertinent, but I just thought that comment just like, I never thought of consoles as being a niche market. I mean, what else is there? <laughs> I mean, yeah, for, well, you got uh, PC games, right? Okay. And that's, that's, it's big, but it's nowhere near console sales. I mean, well, PC sales are, yeah, obviously exceeding console sales, but PCs for gaming. I mean, your gaming software sales are nowhere near what your console sales are for software. And buying a PC specifically for the purpose of gaming, which is what you usually buy a console for, and that's now changing as these consoles are evolving and becoming more than just game machines, but I, I, I don't... I don't believe in his his statement. You know, you look at who he is, okay? He he founded Electronic Arts, what, like in the early 80s? So, I mean, he's been in the industry forever. What is that? 30-some years now, probably? Yeah, and he presided and, over the 3DO console. Yeah, okay. Which was a disaster. <laughs> that was a... That was a a niche. <laughs> no, niche. I gotta say, I, I used, I loved that console because uh, the games was, were two hundred bucks a piece. Yeah. 
back, and that was back when what? Regular console games like Nintendo and stuff were twenty, thirty dollars a game. They weren't that much, were they? The three DOs, those are two hundred dollars for a game. Yes, I remember that. The console itself was like six hundred bucks, and this was back in the day of the like, you know, way back, like Nintendo, the, the NES, you know. Because, yeah, the 3DO was like, wow, it looked amazing. They were like real arcade graphics instead of the, the you know, Atari 2600 graphics. But it was like ridiculously priced over everything else. No one could afford them. And the games were $200 a piece. <laughs> and I'll bring, don't make me bring Nabokulus on here because he'll, he'll school you on that. <laughs> okay. He's probably got a couple 3DOs. <laughs> I mean, we used to have one in the uh, historic Circuit City. Back in the day, we used to have one in the store. I used to love to play Need for Speed on it. Yeah. That was fantastic. Don't Did you, you know? have one in your home? No. And why not? Because <laughs> I played it at work. Why would I need one expensive. at home? it was too expensive. Even with your Circuit City <laughs> discount, you couldn't afford one. Actually, I had no... It was funny. Like uh, I had no interest in buying one. I just used to play it when I was bored. <laughs> Uh, so I, you know, but he, he talks, I know he talks about mobile gaming and social gaming revolution and, you know, the people are, you know, getting away from consoles because they're more into like playing a game, just a couple minutes long, wherever you're at, that browser based games are going to become a thing of the, they're going to become a lot more popular. Um, but I don't, I just don't see console gaming as, a passing fad. I really don't. I think that, like anything over time, it's going to evolve. So consoles today are not like consoles were when they first started in you know late seventies, early eighties. The world today is a lot different, as are the machines and and the consumers for those. And it's going to evolve. It, it, it can't not evolve. The consoles are going to be more media centric. They're not going to be just dedicated, you know, insert your cartridge, insert your disc and play your game, turn it off and then go do something else. The consoles are going to be everything. You play your game, you watch your TV, maybe you do your email. I mean, who knows all the stuff that they're going to do. Uh, based on his statement of, you know, the whole browser business and people wanting to play for a couple of minutes. I don't know if I exactly agree with that because you just look at the people that do play the browser games, you know, they play them for hours. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hours and hours and hours and, and more so than probably people with, you know, that play the Xbox. Even though... You know, I haven't read this yet, but I've got something queued up. There's an article uh, called Disasterville, The Six Stages of Zynga's Decline. So here's a company that's got all this browser. I mean, just I think they're all browser games, actually, plus the mobile ones. But these guys are tanking. I mean, how can those types of games be doing better than consoles? You know, yeah, they're, they're like a flash in a pan. I played the Walking Dead social game on Facebook, and it's crap. Yeah. And that's, I had to say it because, you know, I'm missing my Walking Dead season three, episode yes. one right now. Um, that's okay. 
It'll be there. It'll be there. Calm down, Mark. Calm for you. down. It's waiting for you. <sighs> In the nose, out the mouth. <laughs> Goose Rama. <laughs> so, sorry. You were saying. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to add to it. But. I may have been. Oh. I just got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> you got distracted by Walking Dead. <laughs> I totally understandable. So, you know, I, I don't agree with it being a hobby business, you know, because I look at a true hobby type of niche thing, and that's the board game stuff that I enjoy. That stuff is truly like hobby gaming, and it's tiny. It's itty-bitty. Console gaming is huge. It's, it's, they're not going to switch places anytime soon. You look at the sales numbers of like Borderlands or even um, uh, – what was that sports well, game that just came out? Was it Madden? Madden, Madden yeah. just came out, yeah. I mean, it's it's just silly. I mean, the the sales numbers of these things, there's just no way. Yeah, I just read an article, though, in OXM magazine. Uh, I think it was OXM. And they were talking about the board game, how board games are coming back in a big, huge way. And they were talking about, like, they just had some big board game show. I guess that's the one you went to. Yes, and they and I don't remember the numbers, but the and the attendance far exceeded like other video game shows. It just yeah. far exceeded like what people that attend video game shows. So you know, and and yeah, you're not maybe bringing in billions of sales, but you're not spending twenty million dollars to make a game either. So percentage wise, you might be better off. In the board game industry, you know what I'm saying? Because your the cost to make a game is so much cheaper. Oh yeah. So um, and and board gaming's been around forever. It's it's more of an acceptable. It's like video games have this. You know, it's like, oh, that's bad. You know, it's like no, it's not. <laughs> you know, you can become addicted to board gaming too, and you can become addicted to drinking alcohol. Like anything, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Facebook games. Uh, I, I, people get addicted to that, but they yeah. don't consider those people don't even consider themselves gamers. You know, yeah. That's that's the you know. So uh, yeah, it's you know, there's a there's a guy in the board gaming world that normally does uh, kind of lectures or seminars. He's very tied into like the whole educator world, and one thing that he always begins his uh, one thing that he often begins his lectures with is you know how many of you consider yourselves to be gamers and you know a handful of people will raise their hands and then he'll start rattling off okay who does this who does this you know everything from like you know mobile phones to you know facebook games and and then all of a sudden in the end everybody's got their hands up so all of these people that don't consider themselves gamers are i don't say fooling themselves i you know like uh let's you know i'm i'm going to use an example that uh that i can't hear and that's uh my wife wendy i don't think she really considers herself a gamer at all but when I look at what she does, I mean, she plays 
phone games and browser games throughout the day, every day, for like hours. But she doesn't consider herself a gamer. I mean, <laughs> she is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's got, there's that dice with buddies game, for example. She was just telling me she's got over 20 games just with her sister alone that she's playing. You know, in addition to the words with friends, and then there's all these browser games, some of which are actually even board games. But, you know, people don't consider themselves gamers, but they are. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my 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 grandmother was a gamer. She played solitaire. <laughs> yeah. Card games like crazy. It's still games. It's it's a gamer. If you're a gamer, it means you play games. Yeah. And, but, but people you know, think a gamer is somebody who sits with a controller in front of a TV. Right. They think of them as a video gamer. Right. You know. If you play chess, you're a gamer. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if you play bridge. Oh, on a on a quick Knuckle. note, based on those numbers, so Gen Con had somewhere in the order of 40,000. I think that was, it was like 37 or 40,000 was the attendance this year. Yeah, I so have that's to, huge. yeah, I have to go and look, but it, I don't remember which one they compared it to. OXM instead, like, I don't think it was E3, but they had compared it to some video game, and I just don't remember which one it was, some video game show, and, and Gen Con had, uh, had more. There was more people there, bigger attendance. Well, Gen Con is the largest, um, I don't know, yeah, it, well, it's one, it's the largest convention in the United States and it covers a lot of things. I mean, there's, you know, role playing, there's board games, there's card games, there's, there's all sorts of stuff that they cover. There's, uh, something in, uh, Essen, Germany, uh, that's actually, I think it's going to be this week. That is the world's largest uh, gaming convention. So at this thing, it's called Spiel. At this thing last year, in 2011, the attendance was 154,000 people. Wow. And, you know, it's, it's a couple days long, and it is about four to five times larger than Gen Con is. Wow. So the, the Europeans do it right, man. Yeah. They know how to party. <laughs> I've heard that. It's like if, if you're into gaming of pretty much of all sorts, you should go to the, to the Essen show at least once. So let's go next year, Rob. Oh, let's plan go. Plan on it, dude. Let's, let's go. <laughs> I'll go. <laughs> That'd be cool. Road trip. Yeah, road trip. Then, gotta, you know. We gotta do it for the show. Then, it's not yeah, that exactly. we want to go. It's we have to. <laughs> yeah, and we're you know a lot of pictures with us holding up like beer steins and <laughs> <laughs> eating that German food. Mindful of milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, back to the topic. Anyway, um, yes, yes. You know, saying the consoles are 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 niche to me, it's like saying that the TV is a niche market too. Yeah. Because the TV has evolved a lot. You know, you can play games on your TVs now. You can Facebook and send emails on them, and why you know there's apps on your TVs, and you know it doesn't mean the TV is going away or that it's not important. So, I just I, personally I don't agree with this guy. Um, I think he's smoking a bowl or something. I don't know. 
but um, I don't know. I, I'm curious what everybody else thinks. Um, you know, look up the look up the story on IGN, and uh, and uh, write us in or give us a call and let us know what you think. Maybe you agree with them. If you do, just tell us why. You know, maybe you can convince us. Um, I just I don't, I don't see it, but I'm open to hearing reasons why. You got anything else on that, Rob? No. All right. I've said enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have. <laughs> I'm done with that topic. So why don't you move on to the next one? <laughs> All right. So there was an announcement the other day on the Xbox forums that you will now be able to migrate your Xbox Live account. Are you excited, Mark? Um, sure. All right. I can't contain my excitement. Yes. I'm I'm sure this is good for some people. Like if you move from the United States to Canada, um, which I might be doing at the end of the year. (laughs) I might be doing. (laughs) Depending on how things go in November. Yeah. (laughs) I might be moving. Oh, don't be one of those that threaten that and then don't. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to be a Michael Moore. Yeah. (laughs) You're better off just not saying it. (laughs) Um, But um, no, yeah. For you know anybody that's moved, they can change regions. Um, I guess that's good for them. I just you know it's not going to affect me at all. So, Um, but I'm glad to see it because I do know that it does impact some some people, and it's it's cool that they they have that ability. They're not going to lose their their scheme or score or anything like that. They can take everything with them. and so. Yeah, th- this is one thing that never really occurred to me that it was a problem. But, I, you know, I guess for the people that, you know, travel, or at least that move, this this is a huge ordeal. Yeah. So that should make probably make several, many people happy that they can now move this. So that's good. Okay. Imagine if you were an achievement hound. And you like moved from the U.S. to Europe, and you lost all your stuff. Well, you shouldn't have moved. <laughs> yeah. If you were a I real can't. hound, you wouldn't have moved. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, it's true. Definitely true. So. Okay. Um, Rob, you mentioned it earlier: the Halo Forward onto Dawn Episode Two. And based on what you said earlier, I can take that you have not seen Episode Two. Would I be correct in saying that? Yes, I answered yeah, you, and I was muted. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I heard it's like I asked and then I just click. I was like, he just muted himself. <laughs> so, anyways, I won't say anything. All I'm gonna say is this: this show, um, the first time of the first episode I watched, I was like, yeah, it's kind of interesting. It was interesting enough to get me to watch a second one, and now I'm hooked. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm looking. Now I'm hooked. To um, I really dig this little series and I'm really looking forward to the next one. Uh, it's a pretty cool show. I I really like it. I think a couple of the people are overacting, but there's some people I think are doing a tremendous job, like the main guy and the girl that he is kind of one of his friends. Um, I think they're just doing a really great job. Um, it's like, I believe their characters, you know? Um, so it's, it's very interesting. And I'm looking forward to more. So if you haven't seen the Ford Unto Dawn episodes, you can look for them on YouTube. You can watch them on your Xbox at the Halo Waypoint um, has them. 
Um, so check them out. They're very good. Actually, I was just thinking, you know, because I was actually going to ask you, you know, how it compared to the first one. So I'm very glad to hear that you really enjoyed the second one. So I was actually thinking, I'm like, boy, what do I do after this show? Do I watch this or do I watch Walking Dead? You watch Walking Dead. Of course, because I'm going to watch this thing on the, on the train tomorrow. <laughs> Episode two. No, you don't watch Walking Dead. You have to wait. You watch this because you're not allowed to watch Walking Dead because you have to wait because I have to post the show. So I still got work to do when we're done here. <laughs> so I'll let you know when you can watch Walking Dead. You can't watch it before me. <laughs> it's not we can fair. watch it together. <laughs> we'll get on Skype and we'll watch it together. All right. Well, let's let's hit this last story and oh my gosh, we still got a bunch of stuff, but let's hit this last topic and then we'll move into our community stuff. All right. So. Every year, the 360 gets a whole bunch of holiday bundles. Well, this year, in addition to getting the bundles and, you know, whatever games are thrown in with them, you also get a $50 price cut. So the price cut for a 250 gig and a 4 gig uh, Connect bundle will be dropping by 50 bucks. So you can get the deal at Best Buy, Kmart, Target, Amazon, and GameStop. Yeah, it was interesting at the beginning of the week or earlier in the week, this looked, everybody thought this was a GameStop only deal because they had seen that they cut their prices by 50 bucks. And I'm thinking, that can't be a GameStop only. That's gotta be something coming down across the board. So, and it turned out to be true. So, yep. which is cool. So they may sell yeah. even a whole bunch more. Oh, yeah. And here's uh, some info on the games that come with them. So uh, the games across the various bundles will include Forza 4, Connect Adventures, Connect Disneyland Adventures, Fable 3, Halo Reach, and a digital copy of Skyrim. Hmm. So it sounds like it's the same versions from last year with the exception of Skyrim. Yeah. So... You get all of that in a bundle, or those? No, that's a. That sounds like it's across the different bundles. Okay, so those are the various bundles. Okay, because okay, that sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, dang. Uh, The the comment I was going to make was, uh, "There's no Lego." Uh, Past couple years, wasn't there always like Lego Batman, Lego this, Lego that? I don't know. I I didn't buy them, (laughs) but. It just got cheaper. Now you can buy an extra controller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for spare. So, or spare, yeah. All right, we'll move into our community. Uh, our community, most of these questions come through our Facebook group. Look for us on Facebook. Just do a search for This Xbox Life. You'll find us. Join our group. You can email us, contact at thisxboxlife.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter. And uh, you can leave us a voicemail if you wish at 224-698-XBOX. That's 224-698-9269. And we got a giveaway this week. Woohoo! Yeah. Now, I do not know. I'm going to state this right now. This, I do not know which DLC pack this is for. Um, but Jesus Walks A Lot gave us this code. Um, for, uh, it's for DLC for Ghost Recon Future Soldier, and I do believe there's two different DLC packs. So I don't know which one this goes for. 
Um, but I do know if you happen to put the code in and you are the first one to get it, it will tell you this code is for this. Um, I believe if you say cancel, if you already have it, don't accept it, cancel it out. I think next person will actually still be able to get it. The code doesn't get used until someone actually downloads, I believe. So make sure uh, what the pack is. But here is the code. 37TRMK9CPP2W9... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 2WP9Y... G G W R Y nine R two D Z. Again, thanks to Jesus Walks a Lot for that code for Grocery Car Feature Soldier DLC pack. All right, Rob. Uh, first question is from Jeff. He says yep. wants us to talk about the new Microsoft rules banning machinima directors from using their games. I think we covered that. Yep, yes, we did. And then he also wants us to talk about Badfield Bad Company being turned into a comedy TV show. I think we talked about that. I think we did also. And we are rocking. All right. Now the true story is these guys made a gave us topics for the top of the show. <laughs> um, Jeff also asked talk about videos of Halo Force Forge. You can build maps in space. Um, I actually watched uh, looked this up. And, cause I hadn't seen it and it was kind of cool. There, they were doing a, there was a video for, um, uh, they were talking about the different maps and stuff that you can, different tools for Forge. And there's like this base map, one uh, map that you can use to build off that's in space. And, uh, they got like all these big areas and all these, you know, you can build stuff in space. So it was kind of cool. I liked it because I'm like, wow, this will be, you know, something different. Now what I don't, I don't know, um, if you'll be able to alter like gravity and stuff. I think that'd be pretty cool. Cause I remember playing some games. Let's see. It was, um, I think Unreal Tournament 2, um, where there was some like maps in space and they, you could alter the uh, gravity. So, oh like, yeah. You jump mm-hmm. like big long distances and stuff and be shooting people. And it was a blast. <laughs> I remember like jumping, you know, across the map and then you see people jumping the other way and you're shooting each other. Yep. Yeah, those are good times, man. That was yeah. good times. And I can even remember the one specific map that we, that I played on a lot. And I think we did it a couple of our land games that we used to play. Um, but, uh, I just don't know the name of the map, but I can remember it. I picture it in my mind's eye. Mm-hmm. So, good times. But that'd be pretty cool if we can do that. And it's kind of neat to see, you know, space, uh, for another map. So that'll, that'll give a, you know, something a little different to the Halo multiplayer. So that's pretty cool. Also, uh give a warning. There's Halo 4, I guess, has been leaked. The discs, the game, I guess they're already out there. People are already playing it. Wow. Um, a lot of people have been posting spoilers on YouTube. Um, they're making comments in Halo 4 stories, uh, ruining the game and type. They'll just put comments in there and they're just giving spoilers away. So if you don't want the game spoiled, you might want to avoid, really, you might want to avoid any Halo 4 videos or, um, stories. Um, I would stick to, if you want to watch Halo 4 videos, stick to Halo, uh, 343's website or stick to Halo Waypoint. Um, or you would, or stick to like IGN. I know IGN is working real hard to police the comments 
to make sure that there's no spoilers given out in their comments. Um, so just be aware of that. Uh, Microsoft's working with law enforcement and whatnot, but you know there's a lot of spoilers already going out for Halo 4. So wow. So be careful what you're reading online if you don't want the game ruined for you. Yeah, because I mean the game's not out for what another three weeks. Yeah. Yep. It's like, why would people play it? I mean, they you're got just going to get yourself banned, aren't you? I would think you probably will get banned. Yep. But they, they might, they're probably playing it offline. Yeah. So, because the multiplayer won't be up yet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, uh, but anyways, um, and then he wrote in, design your own Battlefield 3 maps. Now, I was looking at this, and the only thing I found, like, back in August, there was a contest, and the latest news looks like DICE has picked 10 map ideas from the community already, from those design-your-own-maps thing, and you can vote on which one of the 10 you like, and you can vote at blogs.battlefield.com, and you can read about, there's a story in there, one of the blog posts is all about the different entries, and uh, so go you can go out there and select which one you want DICE to build from a community suggestion. And lastly, he wanted to talk about Xbox Live counts now able to switch regions, which we did. So he had some good topics. So thanks. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate that. Next. Okay, we got a thing from Jim uh, wanting us to talk about Walking Dead Episode 4. I think we got that one covered. I think we do. Um, anything else we talk about is going to be spoiler territory. Yeah. So, so Jim, let us know um, if you already haven't posted on the thread. Let us let us know how many uh, people you took forward into episode five. So I want that from everybody that's playing. Go to our Facebook group. There's a story. There's a there's a post in there about how who you take with you. I'm curious if anyone else is by themselves like me. <laughs> I hope I'm not the only one. So I'm what do you do if you are? <laughs> I don't know. You're I don't glitched. know what the game's going to be like. You're no, glitched. I'm by myself going into the next game. Loader. So I'm not, Rebel. I'm not very happy about that. So nobody loves you. The stress level just went up, man. <laughs> I mean, it was fine. You know, I was being all like, no, I'll handle this. You know, I'm telling everybody I'll handle this. I got it. I'll take care of it. And then I find out that, there, you could have taken your team. <laughs> you could have taken various people with you. And I'm like, why am I by myself? What happened? <laughs> so now I'm a little nervous. So, but and I still think Braun spoiled it for me. So that's all I'm gonna say. All right, next, Kyle wanted us to say he he wrote in. He says he wants us to talk about why you shouldn't play Resident Evil Six because it's basically a quick time event game. Um. I have not played Rainbow Six, or I'm sorry, Resident Evil 6. Um, I do have the demo. I still haven't played it. Um, I do got the game in my Gamefly, so I do plan to play it. But I, I can't comment on this. I haven't played it, so I don't know I don't know what it's like. Um, I've seen very mixed reviews. Uh, this one's come in where people love it. It's like they, they either love it or they absolutely hate it. Um, so I can give a better thoughts on it once I've played it. Maybe I'll have to try the demo this week and just see if that kind of gives me an idea what you're talking about. I hate quick time events. Oh, I'm not a fan of them, so. 
Uh, his other thing was, why is hyped as it is, Dishonored is a five-hour game with PS2 slash Wii graphics. I've talked to a couple people uh, who've played. Uh, the word seems to be that there is a quick path. You can run right through the game in five hours. Um, supposedly there's also, but it's supposedly like an open world shooter or something. I don't know. And there are side missions that you can do. Um, and there's also, if you play it more stealthy, the game will take you a lot longer to play. Um, I don't know for the graphics. I do know I checked out a video. I only looked at like one video of it. Um, it didn't, I agree. It didn't look very good. Um, and it, the game just didn't interest me, so I have no plans to play this or, or, or even look at it um, any further. But again, I, I really can't comment, you know, honestly on it outside of what I saw in a trailer, which just didn't look to impress me. So, right. and Rob, have you do you got anything on either of those? Any thoughts, or have you seen anything on them? No. Okay. I, I do have something to add. Uh... Outside of those, based on something we talked about last week. Is this going to keep me Wait. from watching my show even longer? No, no, it's it's, <laughs> it's quick. Actually, I could have been done already. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hurry up. So, okay. So uh, we made mention of the possibility of Microsoft points going away for the 360. And uh looks like that will not happen, uh, for those of you that might have missed the previous show. Uh, for Windows 8, which is going to be out in about two weeks or so, uh, what Microsoft did is instead of going fully with Microsoft points, uh, they made credit card purchases available for the Microsoft Store or the uh, Windows 8 Store. So they basically... Uh, you know, the rumors started flying after that was released, and Microsoft basically said that there's no plans to make any changes for uh, purchasing in the future for the 360. You know, doesn't mean that it won't happen. You know, somewhere down the road, but at least for the short-term future, uh, Microsoft points will still be around. I'm done. See, that wasn't bad, was it? This week, coming out in retail, <laughs> we've got several games. There's a lot of games coming out this week. Um, first, we've got Dance Central 3 for $50. All right, get your groove on. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to run through these since we're not going to talk about them. Um, Zumba, Zumba Fitness Core for 40 bucks. I know, Rob, you probably got that pre-ordered. I like um, the music. <laughs> Jeopardy for $30. Um, Doom 3 BFG Edition for $40. I can't believe that game's still around. <laughs> I, I know. I was surprised to see that. Um, I think the big title this week's going to be James Bond 007 Legends. Um, this one actually looks pretty good. It looks like old-school graphics, um, but you get to play um, a bunch of different games. Um, so... It's, uh, what do you call it? There's like Moonraker, um, all kinds of different. Let's see if I can click in here to get some details on this. I don't remember. Come on. They're not going to do it. Alrighty. It won't give it to me. So let me click here. 
Uh, overview. Yeah, the, let's see. This, this, think of this as greatest hits collection, 007 style. James Bond, 007 Legends combines six of the super agent's biggest movies into an original, unifying storyline filled with classic missions and unforgettable action. Plays Daniel Craig's Bond and experience iconic moments from five decades, um, from On Her Majesty's Secret Service all the way to Skyfall. So, and I know like Moonraker's in there and, so this this is probably going to be the game of the week, would be my guess, um, for the retail sales of the week. So could be fun. Yep. And then uh, what else do we got? I've got, if I get back on my other page, Bobby Wheel of Fortune. Show. Yeah, Wheel of Fortune. Yay, $30. And if those you don't like those cheap games and you've got money to burn, you can go with a Rocksmith <laughs> guitar bundle for guitar and bass for a low $200. Hey. I cannot see that moving many units, man. It'll probably sell more than that basketball game, but still. Maybe. But I think this has a real guitar in it, right? Oh, is this the one? Is it, I think Rocksmith is the one that's supposed to teach you how to play real guitar. So this one, I think, is the one that has the real guitar in it. That's why it's 200 bucks. So, I mean, maybe, maybe it'll have something... I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. Probably not. Because this is the one you can plug in any real guitar or bass into the game. But this $200 one should, I'm pretty sure it's got to come with, I think this is the one that comes. It doesn't state that. Um, it doesn't state that here in this description. So I'm not sure what the bundle is. Because it looks like they're they just copied and pasted the original game stuff. So, I don't know. $200 is a lot if it doesn't include a guitar. Yeah, Rocksmith Authentic Guitar Games. Because you can supposedly use any guitar. That's why they don't need to give you one. You know? Yeah. So, but what's for 200 bucks? <laughs> Let me look up on Amazon and see if they've got a different... Uh... Ikes! Their price is $300. Wow. Yay, yay, yay. Hi, caramba. Uh, <laughs> uh, again, here they just say, let you plug in any guitar. Yeah, because I'm looking at it also. and Yeah, I mean, it really doesn't. It's got to include the guitar. It's got to. Here, let me look at this. Here, it includes a unique quarter-inch to USB cable. The first of its kind. <laughs> uh, it allows you just to plug in any real guitar or bass. Oh, with a quarter inch output jack directly into their 360 PS3 or PC. So it looks like for $200 or more, you basically get a piece of hardware that... Uh, you get a cable. Yeah. Guitar picks, a guitar strap in the game. You know, and I'm looking at this on... Um, uh, the box art. Now the box is big. Yeah, I mean, it, like there's a guitar in there, and it's and got it a says, picture of a guitar on it. And it says in the upper corner, the complete real guitar kit. But if you look, it does not state. It says included inside a cable of the game. Oh, it does say full size guitar included. Okay, it does say full size guitar included. 
All right, man, I'm like, you got to get a guitar, man, for that price. So that is the guitar you get. It looks like it's a uh, Epiphone Junior. That's what it looks like from the picture. So it is a guitar. I don't know why GameStop's at two is at two hundred dollars. That's the deal, man. Amazon's got it for two sixty seven for the Rocksmith, but the actual bundle that I was looking at was two ninety nine. So I don't know. It's crazy. I don't think anyone's gonna buy that anyway. So let's move on. <laughs> Not worth our time. Um, that's it. That's our show. We're out of here. Um, we're gonna go watch Walking Dead. So. Um, if you listen to us on iTunes, please rate us five stars. We appreciate it. We love you. Um, and, uh, that's it. I'm Mark, AK Wingman709. Take it off. I'm Rob, also known as Presar. Catch you all next week. Thanks for listening.